We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I hope you're having a good night. This is uh, the Noahide week. Now, we have talked about this last night. We built this up uh, quite a few times. I know we gave a few teasers last night, and we talked about things. And uh, tonight, we're getting this thing rolling. We Yay! have uh, we got a few people here today. Um, <laughs> just everyone knows uh, we have the one and only Mr. Stephen Denoon. <laughs> And then we have the next only one that there is, Miss Lynn Taylor. Yay! And I'm Brock Knight. And this is Miss Dr. <laughs> June Knight. Yay! And I'm going to do my best to ask a lot of questions. Uh, these are questions that. Well, we sure do miss Yana. I Can know. he tell everybody where Yana is yes. at? Oh, I, oh, I, I sit there. I saw June point to Brock and I, but she's actually pointing to me. So I know what computer. <laughs> <I'm>. <laughs> Uh, we are we are still home, guys, and uh, uh, so you know we're running some issues there. So just keep our family in prayer. We really do appreciate that. Yeah, and that's why we have a Noahide week because we told everybody in the beginning, you know, security reasons and everything that comes along with talking about this subject. Um, the idea is to take this whole week, okay. Take everything that we can and all the experts we can bring in and everybody talk. And we want to compile not just people speaking in this venue here with us, but also to gather the places people can access this information. Everyone will have it settled once and for all where to go look, how to research and get this in them before things get worse. And yes. before there's no more time and before yes. the deception is too great, you know. Yes. So everyone is joining. Good evening. Thank Yay. you guys for Hello, joining. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi. 
Now, if we want to go ahead and get our customary uh, shout out to all the states that are joining, why don't you go ahead and let us know what state you're yes, joining from? Yes, what state are y'all from? We Tonight just, is interactive. Yes, yeah, it right. is. Yeah, and we need questions, so don't don't uh, hesitate and, to let us know. Do keep Yana's father in prayer, though, because yes. that's, that's what kind of slowed everything down for us, being able to get there because of his blood pressure really being high. So she uh, definitely wanted to make sure that people would be praying for him. Yes. We will, Steve. And thank you. Matter of fact, we'll go ahead and pray right now. Let's just get this thing started off. I think we need to pray before we get on this. So let's pray. I'll yes, go ahead and leave. Lord. Father. We thank you so much for this time tonight. We thank you for everyone joining. We thank you for the people here that are ready to share. Thank yes, you for Steve. Lord. Thank you for Lynn. Thank you for letting them join us. And I just pray right now, Lord, in agreement with everyone listening, that you will speak to your people. We're asking yes, you, Father, Lord. to give us ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord God. We're asking you, Lord, to open up our eyes and give us wisdom. You said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives liberally. Yes, Father, Lord. give us wisdom. Help us to make the, 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 the type of decisions where we can be harmless as doves, but wise as serpents, Lord yes, God. Lord. Let us be wise. Let us be cunning in these last days to know how and what to do, no matter what situations are coming our yes, way. And Lord. help us to know the devices of the enemy that we are combating yes, against. So we just give you praise and we give you this time. We yield to you and submit this whole time to you in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, again, thank you everyone for joining. We have a lot of things this week we're going to cover. Now, tonight, now we are going to hit on some panel discussions. We're going to hit on some of the surface level, maybe get in some really deep things, but we're going to hit on a few topics from different angles here, okay? But each of the speakers and all the people that we're trying will be putting in the weightier matters, like the more meat and the more instructional. They will be breaking things down throughout the whole week. But during these live um, panel discussions, this is an opportunity for people to ask questions and to maybe get some of the general perspectives out there answered so everybody can at least be on the, the baseline, fundamental, on the same page. Okay. So, Steve, thank you again, and uh, we just want to say that tomorrow we're having church, uh, 10 a.m. Central Time. Sunday. What is today? Tomorrow's Saturday. <laughs> you, can have, you can have church both days, the way things are going. Yeah. Yeah. We are the church, so we have church every day. You know what I mean? So anyone that shows up here, you already know that we're going to act like the church. So yeah. we um, Sunday morning. We'll have church. Yes. Okay. And um, we're hoping to have uh, Steve, maybe possibly yes, might be there. You never on. know. We would love it. Um, but other than that, sometime this week, um, they'll be here and we will get some things filmed and interviews and things like that with them. Now, all through the week, we will be uploading videos. So it is, while these videos are going to be long and they're going to be, you know, a lot of Teaching. material. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just be ready. It is going to be a one shot stop for this, hopefully. And then uh, basically, um, with everything going on, Steve, would you like to start us off? Well, hold on before he does. I just want to tell you, Brad, that we may have other speakers. Yeah. Uh, we have some other interviews and speakers lined up this week uh, that have been voices out there. Uh, we just want to say that we're honored to have these two with us tonight. We have Miss Lynn and we have Steve. And we just want to mention this about Yana. 
how we're going to thank Yana, you know, tonight for all of that she has done to yes. expose this. You know, this is why we're here, Brock. That's right. I mean, it's, this is the fruit of Yana's hard work and her efforts to bring it to the forefront about the Noahide laws. And now it's, it's here. I mean, it's like literally coming to pass. And we're just honored that we get to be a part of Yana's very hard work. And so let's just all give Yana a big hand right now. Thank you, Miss Yana. I'll piggyback on that and say this, guys. First of all, everyone out there that are still joining, the people here that are sharing are people who are actively have been and still are speaking out about this topic. And yeah. just to start us off, I, I think it'd be wise for you guys to hear from each person about their history with the Noahide, a little bit of their story, what they've been doing and um, how they got into this. Steve, if you could start off, then start us off then Lynn, share how you got into the whole topic of the Noahide laws and then, you know, just go and give us a brief history and catch people up to where you are with this. Well, this was something, as, as so rightly mentioned, that Yana had discovered herself. And, uh, and because Yana is like, she's like a machine, just researches day and night. And, um, oh gosh, what was it? It's, I guess it's been a little over a year ago when she began to uncover this. And, of course, you know, the presidents have been signing annually the commitment uh, on the birthday of uh, Menachem Schneerson, the, uh, the, they call him the Rebbe. Uh, it's not, they don't claim a rabbi, but a Rebbe. And a Rebbe is more of an elevated uh, place of a rabbi. And uh, of course they believe that Schneerson was also a Messiah figure. And every year the, in honor of his birthday, the presidents all the way going back uh I don't remember for sure if it was Reagan or Carter that it goes back to, but they would sign off uh, on basically for the Noahide laws, but they would do it uh, under his, during his birthday to honor him. Now, he was still alive at the time when they started this. And um, of course, though, Yana began to really, in her research through uh, different books and stuff, and, and a lot of these books being written by Jewish authors and stuff, she begin to realize the dangers that these Noahide laws uh, would create for Christians. And then she really began to dig deeper and deeper and deeper. And there, there were others that uh, had brought this up before, but no one ever brought it out the way she did and really brought it up. I even remember Nehemiah Gordon uh, back maybe a few years before that he was on with, I forget that guy's name. I know him actually personally, but it just kind of slips my mind uh, who, he, who he is. But Nehemia was on his program, and the the guy that was that was hosting him, he was a little skeptical, like it wasn't that big of a deal. But Nehemia said, "No, it is a big deal. This is," he said, "Noahide laws. This is written by Rambam. You know, Rambam is a uh, I think an 11th century." sage that, uh, or the Jewish sage is the way we should say that, during the time of Rashi, Rambam as well. And he had wrote in the Talmud, he was part of his writings are in what we call the Midrash, and he writes about the law of the kings. And this is where the seven Noahide laws appear at. 
But even in there, in the writings there, the sub-laws that are added in there, in this, although they may look like the, t- the Ten Commandments, even though there are only seven, it's the fact that the sub-laws, when it talks about the idolatry, of course, that's the goes against Christians. That's the one where Christians could easily be beheaded. And when Yana saw this and then saw how this would affect believers, she couldn't rest day or night. And she did the research deeper and deeper, uncovering all the different rabbis uh, that were involved in this. And then others picked it up, uh, you know, like Adam Green with No More News. He began to pick it up. He began to do research. And, and then others got involved. And, and it just it just it really was a snowball effect. And, uh, and even with Dr. June Knight, uh, you know, the, the contributions that she began to uncover as well, uh, seeing what was going on at the, uh, with the president and the people that he was aligning himself with. So I was really amazed because even, even our channel, because of the Noahide laws on Israeli News Live on YouTube, our channel even, we'd kind of stagnated. Uh, and it luckily it was at a time when the COVID thing was starting off too, when it really began to snowball effect. And so when they started not using so much of their moderators to keep us suppressed in our, in our uh, subscribers, we just exploded in, in, in new subscribers and literally I guess we grew like 60,000 people or 70,000 people in a six month period, all because of the information she was trying to get to the Christian people that this is a major danger. And of course, at this time, Trump's already president and she's seeing that Trump is going right along with the game plan uh, of enforcing the Noahide laws upon the people. Well, with that being said, let's introduce Ms. Lynn Taylor here. Miss Lynn, you were a homeschool mother, I would imagine. There's mother, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Your children. And yes. you began to look into the education. Can you give everyone here a little history of how that curtailed into you learning about the Noah laws and then speaking up about it? Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, okay. So, yes, as a homeschool mom, I found out that globalism was sneaking into the homeschool community and I wanted to find out more because, you know, after all, being in a leadership position, I knew I needed to protect not only my family, but those who were in my circle of influence. So I got to looking at how corrupt the government had become at overreaching into education. So I already knew that Jimmy Carter had signed the U.S. Department of Education into being in 1979. Now, I'll come back to that, okay? I will circle back to that. But in the meantime, I'm going down this trail of finding out, no, our government has been doing all kinds of things in education that they have no constitutional right to, no moral right to, and it's using we the people's taxpayer money to pull it all off. So the stretch to globalism was not that hard to find. And it wasn't until this summer that one of the people who has been so great at sharing information with me said, hey, did you see this particular article out of Christian News that shows that the Chicago public schools are teaching nothing but Noahide laws in mm. their, their curriculum? Mm. And I said no. Mm. And so he knew how much of a research person I am. And so that's when I started looking at it. And then it was, okay, we've tied Noahide not only to the Lubavitch movement, 
but we've tied it to the Vatican, which is part of the Catholic Church, which aligns with the United Nations. I've been able to find out how the United Nations Lock, stock, and barrel agreed to carry the Noahide laws. And here's where we're circling back to President Carter, because it was President Carter in 1978 who made that first proclamation. And it was, of course, to celebrate what a supposed great leader, Reverend Schneerson, was and how our country needed to use education to make careers for jobs and use education to not only pump up the basic human right of being educated, but to use morals and ethics that were tied to the Noahide system, which are not laws. They are man-made, Talmud-based principles that our nation has taken in. And here's where it gets even more interesting. All right, so he does this in 1978. A year later, Did not you even... learn this in 1978? No. I oh, know, okay. No, I <laughs> know. Oh, okay. Yeah, tell us the history. That I was like, wow, funny. you were... Okay, so you just no, learned this summer. No. This about is, to say, I was like, is, what? This is how... Un uh, it was amazing yeah, how it all yeah. unfolded. So he right. does this in 78. A year later, creates the Department of Education with the Noahide system already embedded into everything about education. And it has been endorsed by every president up from Carter all the way to Trump. Yes, that's and right. And what was really shocking to me was somebody pointed out, well, hey, in 1983, President Reagan made it the year of the Bible. But he, too, signed the proclamation. And what the proclamation is, is not so much celebrating uh, this twisted individual mm -hmm. as it is saying, oh, this is education day and we're going to give education back to the world. Well, mm -hmm. if you look at what is in this, it's saying that these were these laws have been around since the dawn of civilization. No, they haven't. Right. They have right. not. They couldn't right. be because they were not from God. They are not in God's word. Right. And this is why we've seen education used so much as a change agent, not only for how we think, but how we feel, how we worship, how we believe, where we go, what we do. This is meant to permeate every aspect of our lives. And they knew, the, the global powers that be, knew education was the way to do it and you were homeschooling so homeschooling yes. parents are still affected by this absolutely yes this wow. is okay this is like the sustainable development goals from the united nations because they marry right into them these yeah. are one of the ways that the noahide is carried out for example no poverty well in real time that means you're under a nanny state which we're seeing unfold before our eyes End hunger. Well, in real time, you're replacing God-made food with machine-based food. Hold on. Hang on to that. We don't want to give all the goodies yet. Okay. All right. All right. That's, we can circle that's some, back. But that's yeah, some that's, good stuff. Hang on to that because we're going to get on that because what I want to do, I want to get uh, how sure. mom found into it. Then I want to have everybody define this. We're going to start from right. a foundation and have everybody give more of a definition and catch people up with a foundation and then... We're going to kind of layer upon layer. And before anything, I do want to give a disclaimer. Listen very closely, everybody. Okay. <clears throat> First of all, we love God and we love people. That means we love the Jewish people. Yes. Okay. We are not anti-Semitic at all. But listen, that depends on which government is defining it though. Okay. Because <laughs> we do preach the gospel. That is correct. And we believe that Jews need to accept Jesus. Okay. And that they become a new man, one man in Christ, the new man. And circumcision availeth nothing. It's a new creature. It's a new man. Okay. 
and we lovingly speak that truth. Okay. So what we're going to be doing is only talk about what is a movement okay, out there, and it has been going on for a very long time, and we're exposing the people we're exposing just happen to have been Jewish, okay, and thinking other people as well, but we're going to let you know, we're going to be, uh, we have a disclaimer that we'll put out there uh, officially, I just want to let you know that we are not out here trying to attack Jews, we're not, That's great. but we that's are great. trying to expose something that affects all Gentiles, which is everyone that's not a Jew, and it affects everybody in this world. So you got to pay close attention. Now, Mom, Dr. G, you are up at the White House, White House correspondent. And I, I remember you sharing this, that you all of a sudden just came smack face right in this Noah Hyde law just by happenstance. You just, boom, it hits you. Can you share how you got in and how you discovered this? Well, it goes back to when I traveled the country in the mega revival tour in 2017. I went across the country pro-Trump interviewing everybody. How do you feel about us having this Christian president? I travel 36 states, 18,000 miles, believing in this man. Believe not. I mean, it wasn't for him. It was in obedience to God. But the point was, is I went across this country just so excited of, you know, this, this turnaround of our country and the patriotism that was back, you know, the, the love of country that we all have. And as I was out there, after about two or three months, I began to see something's not right. You know, something in the underbelly, the undercurrent of the country is sick. The church is sick. And so after I finished the six-month tour, I, I got on my knees. I got in the prayer closet, and I was like, God, something is wrong. I wanted to quit ministry, actually because I was trying to get do unity so much. And I was like, I don't want unity with that. So I was very, very devastated. And I began to research. Okay. See, this is a lot of people's problem. They don't research. I began to research. What is this that I'm seeing? Because something has infiltrated the bride. Something has caused her to be tainted so much that she can't even see it. They'll, they'll get up on the platform half naked. They'll, they'll get up there with, with no thought of leaving their wife or their secretary and just, you know, it's just they've been so tainted by the enemy and they're so blinded. So I began researching. Then God, I started on these four books. Then God sent me to Washington to finish the story. When I got to Washington, D.C., I went in there pro-Trump. Boy, I mean, I even yelled at him the first time I met him. <laughs> I yelled at him, and I was like, President Trump, we love you. You know, and he stopped, and he goes, well, thank you. You know, but I believed in him so much, but I was so disappointed when I began to see his a uh, partnership with the enemy and how the evangelicals, because I was up there with all them, with all this, you know, circle I was in, and their partnership with perversion and their, their partnership with idols. Okay, then when I started seeing the president come forward with his agenda of the LGBT and his agenda of taking our guns and against the church, called the extremist, the white supremacist, the extremist. Then my eyes became, became uh, open and people were telling me, you need to look up Steve and Yana Benu. 
they will teach you about the Noahide laws. And that's how I found them. And I'm sitting up there in the White House researching these people because of the knowledge that they had about the Noahide laws. And then it began to make sense. So the last few months that I was there, I traveled to the UN with the president. And I was in the back of the UN after walking through that satanic building. I can't even tell you how, how I don't even know what they do in that building, Steve. Mm. I'm telling you, I don't even want to even think about it because the EBGBs is not even the word. How you feel in that building? It is just like the Lucifer's castle, you know? And so I'm in this building and I'm looking down at the very man that works in the UN every day pushing the Noahide laws, which is nothing but the global unity. And he's sitting down there in front, in front of the president with all the evangelicals. And I just wanted to throw up. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. And they do all of this in the name of international religious freedom. But what they don't tell everybody is that additional two words that does the church in. It's called and belief. And that and belief is the LGBT and all the other, like mm. the Noahide all the other partnerships. And so they're sitting down there with these people and I'm like, what the world? So God pulled me out of Washington. Mm -hmm. And then I began coming out in this year because he pulled me out right before Corona. Mm -hmm. And then now in 2020 is when God put me together with you. And then we're just like you, Steve. 2020 was the year that God catapulted us out there. And we began telling people mm -hmm. this sickness that we're seeing in this deal with the Noahide laws. And now I'm just going to tell all of you, Brad, I've been following President Trump since this began with the coronavirus. And do you know this is where they're bringing in the Noahide laws mm -hmm. when they talk about natural law and they talk mm -hmm. about all the people coming together under this common unity and how all the moral decline of the country. I mean, all you have to do is look at the conventions, the Republican convention and the Democratic convention. They both spoke the same type of language of the changing of the foundations of our country that are, we have went into such a moral decline, much less what has happened with the new apostolic reformation who is fighting for the foundations to be overturned and to come up into this new world and this utopia. So that's what brought me to this place. My goodness. Yeah. There's so much we can talk about, but let's just take everyone here on a quick synopsis of, and I'll start a little bit on this just for the sake of give you guys a starting point because you get, everyone knows here about our, the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, you have the five books that Moses wrote, the Torah, right? Yeah. Inside there in Exodus, you have the Ten Commandments. They come out of Egypt. Okay, they're in the wilderness, Mount Sinai. We all know about the law that was given to Moses and like 613 commandments that go with it and everything like that, okay? And all the different things. And I could be saying um, some of those numbers wrong, but basically you have the law given to Moses. But then there was this thing called the oral law okay not the written law the oral law the mishnah right and this is where we get oral tradition passed down the talmudic heritage or traditions of certain rabbis and whatnot okay now steve 
With that being said, this oral law, so we're talking about the Noahide laws. It's seven commandments that basically are seven out of the ten that they are saying, they would tell you that these seven commandments came in the book of Genesis before we were given the Mosaic laws, before Abraham, so Noah. Now, in Genesis and Noah, he gave commandments to his sons. These are the Noahide laws, and this is where they're saying that from the foundations of our world, from the very beginning, these commandments are stuff that even applied to Gentiles and everyone. But that's one thing they'll tell them as a good message because it makes sense to the normal person. Now, the other side is they're not telling them that this is all nothing but rabbi, traditional, oral, you know, the Talmud, how they interpret scripture for many, many, many volumes back in Babylon is the first, you know, well, written stuff. So would you like to give, with that being said, a definition and kind of define to us to no one's ever heard about Noahide laws? What is the Noahide laws? Okay, Noahide laws, like you said, they do resemble that of some of the Ten Commandments, like idolatry, um, you know, but things like don't eat the limb of a living animal. That's nowhere in the Ten Commandments. Uh, so, but these come up in what we call Talmud, Midrash, Mishnah, things like that. There's different breakdowns of what we call the Talmud, which is, as you mentioned, this is what in Judaism they consider to be the oral law. Um, you need to understand a little background though on oral law, how that come to be to, to really kind of grasp why the Jewish people believe this in the first place. Uh, there's a very obscure passage in the Old Testament. Uh, and I I can, I'll, I'll figure it out what it is in a little bit, and I'll share that passage with you. But the Jewish people use this particular passage to justify, to say that God does not, he does not intervene on what's going here on the earth. He actually only, um, he allows the rabbis to make those rules and laws, and uh, which is not true. The, the, the passage that I'm speak, speaking about, it doesn't even say that. But as a result, though, the Jewish people have believed this. And so therefore, um, they believe that the, the, the corrections and the add-ons and things like that to the scripture is done by these rabbis and that they have the authority to do so. And that the Jewish people believe that, uh, and I, I can't speak this for all Jewish people because we have what we call Karite Jews. And Karite Jews literally believe in the Old Testament only they do not believe in Talmudic law. They do not accept the mission of the Midrash or any of the other many different volumes of books that are written by rabbis. And so, so you can't lump all Jews in the same category, but your Orthodox believing Jews, and even in some uh, other type of Jewish uh, beliefs, is that the oral law is handed down to the rabbis and they disseminate that to the, to the rest of the public. The idea came up with Rambam is the one that actually put in what we call the law of kings uh, in the um, uh, in the uh, uh, in the Talmud, and this was about a thousand years ago that this was actually done. And he claimed 
And there is actually a book that was written by a, a man not too long ago. I was trying to think of the name of that book. Uh, I think it's Law of the Kings or, or yeah, something like that, or Seven Laws of the Kings. Um, and that book that was written was written, uh, or maybe it's just Law of Kings. I'm trying to find it real quick for you while, while I'm sitting here thinking about this. Um, no, it's not. That's a different one there. But anyway, the, the, the whole purpose was, though, Rambam's idea was that when we when we read about the story when God wanted to be the king over Israel, but Israel wanted a king anyway, they didn't want to go with um, uh, with God's plan of God sending a prophet to Israel. And at the time, we had Samuel the prophet on the scene. And so when Samuel comes down and says, God wants to be your king, and, but they said, we want a king like the rest of the nations to lead us into battle. But he said, you, you've, not, you've, you've, you've upset God. So therefore, Rambam's idea was, okay, Samuel never wrote down what the law of the king was. And basically, it was supposed to be a law for Gentiles because they were going to have a king, and so therefore the Gentiles had to have their own laws. But the absurdity of this was he did write down what the law of the king was, because God actually tells Samuel, go back and tell him, this is what's going to happen, okay? I am your king. I am leading you, but if you want an earthly king, he's going to take your daughters for confectionaries. He's going to take your sons for foot soldiers, and, and then he lists the whole thing. has absolutely nothing to do with Seven, as they call them, Noahide laws. Now, of course, that was from the book of Samuel, but also when Rambam wrote this, he also takes it and claims that these laws, too, come from Noah. But when you go back and you read the story of Noah in Genesis, there are, there are, there are no seven laws that Noah speaks about. Uh, I mean, he does speak of a couple of different things, you know, you don't, you know, you don't eat the blood of a living animal, you know, uh, you know, this is where they get the kosher, kosher law. In other words, if you're going to eat the animal, you got to take all the blood out. Um, you know, you're not to kill each other, you know, but Noah only mentions, I think, three different commandments, never seven. So this is clearly something that was never needed. I mean, in fact, even a Gentile went by 10 commandments, even though they may not be Jewish. We know this from the, and I'll stop after this here, but we know this like in the case of when Abraham, when Amalek wanted to take Abraham's wife and, uh, and Abraham was afraid that the people would want his wife. So he said, tell him that you're my sister. You know, why was he doing that? Because the law was, and it was even amongst the Gentiles, he couldn't marry her because she had a husband she, he, and the husband was alive. But if the husband was dead, he knew he could be free to marry her. And this is why Abraham knew this. He knew that they believed that. So therefore, he said to her, you know, and this is a conjecture, I guess I would have to say in that case there. But I think this is the reason why Abraham said, tell him you're my sister, because he didn't want to die, because he knew if they found out it's his wife, they'd kill him. And so they could justify and say, well, her husband's dead. We'll marry him. Kind of like David did with Bathsheba, sends out Uriah to get killed. So that's kind of where that went to. And of course, they applied these laws to the Gentiles and not to Jews. Jews get the Ten Commandments and the 613, as they call them, mitzvot or laws uh, that are recorded in the Old Testament. All right, Miss Lynn, definition. Yes. How would you tell someone who's never heard of Noahide laws, this is what the Noahide laws are, without, you know, telling them everything you know? Right. 
how do you tell someone that ask you what are the Noahide laws or Noahide movement? Okay, I would basically say it is a movement that seeks to mock our Lord and Savior, to stress that there is no God or that there are many ways to God. Take your pick on which side you want to be on. Uh, I would also say that it is a movement that seeks to destroy Christianity. It is a system that seeks to murder, to divide, to plunder, to control. And it's used in how it would impact education is that it's teaching that all these things are permissible. It's teaching that perversion is okay. It's teaching that manipulation of your attitudes, your values, and your beliefs are okay. Because as long as we can control what you think and how you learn, then we can have that global morality for the greater common good that is part of the United Nations message. All right, mom, same question to you. If someone asked you right now, Noahide laws, what in the world is the Noahide laws? How would you answer? Really, in a nutshell, the Noahide laws is the uh, man-made solution to the problem because they do not want the church's solution. They don't want Christianity's solution to um, the problems of society. So they are inside of the UN, which I told all of you is the, is the body of the beast. Okay, they want to give the body of the beast the solution to world unity. That's why they have all these videos of world unity is through us. We have the very basics of the laws that you need in order for us to be successful. And here's the thing. They tell everybody, look, we can all be in unity, you know, if we just do away with everything past Noah's day. Well, then you have to remember the scripture in the Bible that says, in the, as in the days of Noah, Come on. you know, you think of that as in the days of Noah because they want to say, you don't need Christianity because they're all supremacists. They think they're better than all the Jews because they're telling the Jews that they have to convert to Christianity, that they that they have to go to this new covenant over here in Christianity and that our covenant is not good. So they think they're supremacist. So we're going to get rid of the new Testament and we're going to go all the way back to Noah, which is why when you read these documents from the president and you understand, which is what I'm going to talk about today, the way that he's changing the educational system, using that to bring in the Noah laws. So basically, the Noahide laws in a nutshell is where they are trying to give the moral answer to the problems that they don't want Christians to handle. All right. So my turn. I'm going to use, for the sake of giving everybody the last full picture here, um, I'm going to go literally to Google and give you guys <laughs> what it is being said out there. And then we'll summarize. There you go. That's good. Britannica. Okay, Noahide laws, Judaism, are also called the Noahkin laws. I know Kian, how you say that? Noahide laws is a Jewish Talmudic designation for seven biblical laws given to Adam. You see that? See how they lie? Mm -hmm. And to Noah before the revelation to Moses on Mount Sinai. And consequently, because of that, it's binding on all mankind. Wow. Yeah. So that's Britannica. Here's Wikipedia. In Judaism, 
the seven laws of Noah, otherwise referred to as the Noahide laws or the Noahian laws, <laughs> are a set of imperatives which, according to the Talmud, were given by God as a binding set of universal moral laws for the sons of Moa, that is, all of humanity. So as you can see from the oral law, not the written law, the oral law, the rabbis that wrote all of their interpretations of the written law, basically mm -hmm. turned into traditions, are in volumes of um, all kinds of books and however you want to say it, scrolls uh, called the Talmud or the Mishnah. Now, these have what they call seven Noahide laws that apply to not just to Jews, but really more towards Gentiles. Yes. yes. These laws now is what we're all, everyone here is saying, what they are on a universal scale on a mission to basically implement these laws to everyone in the world. Now, right now, currently, let's talk about... This is your baby. I see it. We'll talk about currently. Now, currently, we have the United Nations utilizing this. We have the Pope. We have Israel. They have now a Sanhedrin now after thousands of years not having it. We have the White House and the government. All the countries in the world are implementing these Noahide laws. This is what we are going to share now, how this is affecting you. So now to go forward, we have education. We have the Israeli and the worldwide United Nations. We have the White House and the president. And then um, maybe if I get a chance, I will share how it affects our church right now with the whole Jewish roots and how we're being pulled in to believing this and i've heard a lot but i'm not going to get into it steve would you like to go in real right here and then let's from that from all the talmudic things we've described now and the definitions explain to us the rebbe schneerson explain to us what he has done and his movement and how he is being honored and things like that and then we'll flow into lynn because i know Everyone here can go or might go to mom. We'll, no, we'll flow it. All right. Please share with us on that, please. Well, as far as Minachim uh, uh, Schneerson, you know, it really starts with him and the fact that he was revered to be the Messiah. And uh, but at the same time, one of the things that we, we've noticed about him is that uh it appears that he was more in line just from the things that he has said and written of the Sabbatean Frankist doctrine, which is get things as evil as you possibly can to help usher in the coming of the Messiah. And I say that because, you, you know, like, for example, when he met with Netanyahu, or Netanyahu met with him, uh, Schneerson was asking him, what was he doing to help bring about the coming of the Messiah? And, of course, Netanyahu says, you know, we're doing all that we can. He said, well, you're not doing enough. Do something more. Wow. Now, he doesn't, he doesn't say specifically, you know, he's not encouraging him. But, I mean, naturally, if you're Jewish and you hear something like this, and we know the Sabbatean doctrine, which for those that don't understand the Franca Sabbatean doctrine, this was the more evil you do, that that would 
create the scenario on the earth that would cause the Messiah to come to fix the world and to, to set things in order. Now, Christians should know that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, and he did come, and he did set the things in order. Um, but unfortunately, now the Christians are giving everything back to the Jews again, so the beast is getting back his power. Mm -hmm. uh, but in light of that, the Chabad community has built up a massive, one of the most politically minded organizations globally that affect every single government and entity in the world. Um, I was part of Chabad. Now, keeping in mind that was not that I was Orthodox Jewish. It was because at that time, still not having my eyes open to what Zionism was about. Uh, I happened to know a lot of Jewish people. I did business with a lot of Jewish people. And then I got interested more into that side. So I ended up getting involved there. So I learned a lot of the inner workings of the things that went on. The Schneerson, uh, Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, and I don't like calling him a rabbi, but it's just for the sake of the title, we'd say, he was the man that spearheaded this massive globalist movement. And just like the Vatican, the Vatican thinks centuries in advance on what they're going to do. So does the Jewish people as well. They think, you know, decades and decades in advance of the plans and the initiative and the global planning of what they're going to do to undermine this entire world. Uh, and then if you begin to look, you'll see the tentacles of the, of the Chabad movement is in every government. The, the chief rabbi of Russia is a Chabad. He's an American, actually, but he's Russia's chief rabbi, and Putin is so sucked up with him. Uh, you have Rabbi Cohen. I believe he's Chabad, who is the rabbi that Trump's very close to, that's also ah, the, the Noahide guy, right? That's the one I saw, I tried. Exactly. So we, we have watched Schneerson pull together a global dominance. And as you mentioned the Pope of Rome earlier, um, I believe that was Lynn that was talking about the Pope of Rome at the beginning of the broadcast. He literally, and I know this from people I know in the Pentagon that know specifically the details about this. He, when he rejected the title of Vicar of Christ, which to me, no man is a replacement for Christ to begin with. But nonetheless, when he rejected that role, and he, then I was told that the this mantle thing that is heavily, the most heavily guarded uh, relic in the Catholic Church is that placard or whatever you want to call it that says that the Pope of Rome is the Vicar of Christ. And this disappeared. It totally has disappeared, and nobody knows where it went. And, of course, the Pope rejects that title. But as I was told from inside government officials, the reason he did this was because he was submitting himself underneath Jewish authority that, that the law was going to come through Israel, through Jerusalem, and that, they had, that he had to go underneath the rabbis, and he could no longer hold that title as a result which we already know that he was heavily involved. The, Jew, the, the, the Jewish community, the rabbis in Israel, he was already working with them. 
when Pope Francis, before he was Pope, when he was yet a cardinal, uh, he was sending archbishops to Israel to study underneath the, the, the Noahide, uh, uh, I can't think of the name of the school, Yana would know it, she's got a good memory on these things there, but there was just outside of Jerusalem, they were studying the Noahide laws and how to take and become true Noahides. And of course, the Pope of Rome has, is clearly submitted underneath this rulership, showing that the one world government and the one world religion is all going to be headed by Israel. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're going to go in now. You had talked about this in our talk that we did, and we'll be uploading her teaching here, I think, tonight after this or in the morning. That'll be Monday through Wednesday. Oh, Monday through Wednesday. Yeah, that's all okay. the uploads. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I all now you know. It's Monday now through I Wednesday. Know. Yeah, it's <laughs> Monday through Wednesday. Now we all know when it's going to go up. Well, I'm glad because I was trying to upload it before this. <laughs> no, my no, dreams. That's all, all right. All right. So you were you... talking about that and yes. the Rabbi uh, Rebbe, Rebbe Smearson. And you yes. take this from there on your perspective to what you learned and what you said. And then, um, okay, how awesome. It, how it, you okay. know, maybe to the president too, you know. Ah, okay. All right. Well, um, let's see here. One of the things that I wanted to point out was, yes, it was Carter who made the first proclamation to embed the Noahide laws in education, but it wasn't until Bush first who made it into a public law. And if you read the verbiage of that particular public law, you will see that education, one more time, is taught as a basic human right, and that, of course, morals and ethics have to go in with this particular uh, set of beliefs. Now, what I wanted to point out was the UN preaches education as a basic human right. And nowhere is it in our Constitution, our Declaration, our Bill of Rights. It's not even in the Bible that it is a basic human right. What was taught in the Bible was that parents were to teach and train up their children. That's in the Old Testament. When the New Testament comes in, Jesus was modeled as the ultimate teacher. He did not sit there and mandate how teaching should be. He did not do it under compulsory measures. He did not even say it was a basic human right. So this is a false teaching, not only from Noahide, but from the United Nations as well. As far as the morals and the characters, again, go back to the Bible. That is the parent's responsibility. That is also part of the church's walking alongside the parents. But we're seeing that churches have sold out to this Noahide system as well. And when the United Nations married up with the Noahide Union, it made it very apparent that the only way that a child could ever have true morals and true ethics are through the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Now, I very quickly want to share what that means in real time. I'm not going to tell you what the Sustainable Development Goals are because anybody can go and find that out. But in real time for, for poverty, a nanny state controlled people in every possible way, including your education, your housing, your food, and your medicine. We're seeing this play out under the Trump administration. That's right, amen. Okay. Uh, real time uh, for number two, we're replacing God-made food with lab-created. We're even having militant children come up and tell us, oh, you can't eat meat because meat is evil. Meat harms the planet. Meat mm -hmm. is a bad yeah. climate change tool. 
So, calling it meatless meat. Right, absolutely. Huh. Um, for your health care, which includes mental health, which goes back into education for social and emotional manipulation. It's not learning, it's manipulation. This is going to include mass over medication. And where are we right now? So that's right now. Where are we right now? Number four, supposed to be quality education for all. It should be quality indoctrination for all. Barely academic-based education, which is what it was supposed to be in the first place, because if you look at the, de uh, the uh, definition for education, it is a passing on of knowledge and skills. It is not workforce-based, trained minions to a Noahide system that harkens back to Karl Marx, who was also a Jew that wow. followed this movement and can be found in the Communist Manifesto, which wow. we are living out in our nation right now. Yep. For gender, we're seeing a bully pulpit created, and we're seeing how uh, genders are being demonized. We're seeing how marriage is being put down. All right? Sustainable water. In real time, your water will be totally controlled. If you control food and the water, you control people. Okay? The green movement is also a bully pulpit, and it will rape the land, harm the environment more than what it's doing now, and put people second to the earth. So in other words, there'll be earth worship, which we're seeing wow. really pick up. Jobs for all ties back into this indoctrination of our education because the government controls what you learn, where you work, how you live. It kills the free market and manipulates a people and our economy. And what are we seeing now? Wow. Mm -hmm. All right. Resilient infrastructure, number nine. In real time, you kill the cash, which we are seeing happen. Yes. You align to the World Bank. You're digitally managed. Reducing inequalities. This is another sustainable development goal. In real time, you redistribute the wealth and you create a case system, which this Noahide law absolutely does. Uh, sustainable uh, cities. In real time, you force relocation to overcrowded, highly trackable cities. So in other words, if you live in the country, forget mm, it, because that yeah. land will be taken over for things like the solar panels, which harm the environment, and the wind tunnels, which kill the birds. So we're going to see oh. lots of things like that. All right, in real time for number 12, you punish people via taxation, and you use social credit to track and reward or punish. Like China. Yes, and that's already in the works here in the United States under our current administration. It start wow. with, didn't start with the current administration. It's just coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, climate change. All right. In real time, you're seeing a false narrative that drives legislations and laws like the United States, Canada, Mexico agreement uh -huh. will, will set up Noahide like international councils over every aspect of our lives. Number 14, <laughs> real time. Uh, Preach it, woman. Real time realization of that one. Government control use of your food supply. Okay, we are seeing, we're seeing, we're that, seeing right that right now. Yeah. All right, number 15, sustainable land. In real time, this means that private property ownership goes the way of the wind and the government comes in and takes everything they possibly can. 16 is supposed to be about peace and justice for all, which supposedly Noahide is all about. All right, in real time, again, the social justice and the credit and mass chaos will ensue. And number 17, the partnerships to make all this happen, you can trace to the Federal Reserve, you can trace to the Nature Conservatory, you can trace to our government, you can trace to the United Nations, 
the church at large, and you can trace it to every huge corporation out there who has a dog in this fight. My God. She's got a lot more where that came from, so get ready. We're no, be, excellent teaching about that is so true. We will be putting a lot of that in now, Mom. Yes. Now, she brought up this is the United Nations. Now, guys, we will, in our talks, we are putting out every single thing the United Nations did, basically, that was clearly stating they signed a declaration. They have signed things saying that the Noahide laws is basically, I'm not going to get into that yet, but from the White House, most people on that are for Trump would never imagine that he would have anything sinister going on in the background because obviously he sacrificed his whole life <laughs> to be our savior, to be our hero. Now, what would you say about what your experience is and what do you have here for us to, to share um, concerning this? Now, do you want me to share this real quick before I do that? Or? Go ahead. I just want you guys to see something um, I'm not going to share my screen here. I'm just going to read something from you. So the uh, founder and the chairman of World Economic Forum, he has, a big, of the beast. he has a big quote out there, okay? And he's all about the Noahide laws. He is an implementation master at this. Listen to this. He is, right now, there are marketing signs and everything and banners out there saying this. You'll own nothing, and you'll be happy about it. This is the new world order, the Great Reset he's talking mm -hmm. about. He is saying, you'll own nothing. Like, you will own nothing, and you'll be happy about it. The reason is, is because everything is going to go over to stakeholders. Mm -hmm. I've, been, I've been trying to teach you this. Now, brought last night, that news broadcast we did last night was the best we've ever done. Y'all have got to see last night because we actually put the hammer on the nail when it comes to the agenda of the globe and what they're doing right now with the UN, with the That's president. Good. I'm telling you, Brad, you've got to because we proved everything. We It was a three-hour broadcast, but we proved everything we said. And that is what they're doing is trying to make everything universalist, everything is for the common good, everything is shared. There is, they're doing away with capitalism. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they, they don't want anybody to be supreme anymore. Look at that one, Sharing man. the wealth. So Sharing the wealth. <laughs> what mean, was you saying, Steve? Except for those politicians at the top, they're going to stay supreme. <laughs> Yeah, and the corporations that got them there as well. But I just wanted to point out one thing to the to the listeners and to those who will watch this in the archives. This research is out there for anyone to access. You just have to want to. You have to want to to be upset about what's going on. You have to want to protect your family. And if you're complacent, this will eat you alive. So what we're what we're all bringing to the table is not stuff that is exclusive to us. This is out there oh, for yes. every American or every person who is listening outside of America who wants to know what's going on. Okay, now, going back to Brock's question, what you asked me. I want to transition to your, oh, I got to read this and I'm done. I just got you. Yeah, listen, listen, welcome to 2030. This is World Economic Forum. 
Welcome to 2030. I own nothing. I have no privacy and life has never been better. These are the things they are literally marketing out there. Not, I'm not kidding. Not and joking. These are being taught to our children. So yes. this is the stuff you have out there. Now, Mom, could that be happening in America? What do you got for us? Well, the reason that they're saying that is because everything will be shared and everybody will be transparent and they want nobody better than anybody else. So everything will just be equal type of deal. But what I want you to know, Brad, about the Noah Hyde laws is what is happening in the White House. There is a shifting in the foundations of our country that's taking place, not only with the New Apostolic Reformation Church, which is partnered around the president, okay? They are changing the foundation of the church. They want to flip the church over to this new order, okay? In the White House and in the government aspect of the United States, they are flipping everything under the order of the UN. And one of the biggest clues of us going underneath the UN rule to me, I know Steve and Yana, I know y'all said that on March the 13th, whenever all this started, that that's when we lost America or whatever. But in, in my interpretation is when he did the um, executive order on the UN day. And, and Brad, I just wanted to cry in that order when I, re I read, I read these things to you. When I read it to you, he's, he's basically saying we're putting the United States underneath the UN rule is the way I took it because he was talking about how uh, very noble they are and how their international law is so great and how we need every governor across this country to begin celebrating the UN, the United Nations. And then with the way that he's doing our education and changing our foundational uh, history to where he's changing the history books, Brian, I'm looking right here, a printed executive order by our president, and it's called Establishing the President's Advisory 1776 Commission. And look right here, Steve. It says in section one, the purpose. The American founding envisioned a political order in harmony with the design of the laws of nature and nature's God. And that right there tells you Noah had laws. Yes. When you understand. And then he yep. says, seeing the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as embodied in and sanctioned by natural law. And see what gets you, because this I've got so many notes, and I went through this whole thing, and I ripped it to shreds when we did that live. Right. But Steve, when I see this, it causes me to pause. It causes me to say, oh, my gosh. I mean, he, he's literally taking Christianity right out, the, out, right out the door. Because he is saying in these documents that he wants everything to be equal and to quit saying that it's a Christian nation. And according to his paperwork, this will no longer be one people's nation. It's not going to be that way. It's going to be ecumenical. It's going to be everybody's going to have a shared vested interest and the fact that we're going global. And that we are now one big global community. But see, the thing is, is that since the new apostolic reformation has got all of the church snowed, uh, now they can't see the forest for the trees. Right. 
So he can get up there and he can literally say, you know, I'm going to stab you in the back a thousand times and they will not hear it. You know, it's like he he's completely changing the entire infrastructure, changing the entire nation. And he's free to do it because he has the church behind him. But who else do you know, Brock, that did the very same thing? Hitler. If I may just interject a couple of things to that that you were talking about, June. Um, I did a show on that particular executive uh, uh, proclamation on the, the UN. Because it was garbage. that offensive. Yeah, it was that offensive. To the Christians. Right, absolutely. And not only does it bring in the Noahide laws, but let's remember, under the Constitution, a lot of these things that supposedly Trump is putting into action are not his jurisdiction. They are, have not been assigned to him. He was never supposed to create jobs, fix the economy. He wasn't supposed to do all that. That is up to Congress. So we're seeing we're seeing the president do something that no other president has done before, and that is become an actual tyrant in front of us. Yes, that's absolutely true because when I read you his executive orders, Brad, I'm like, what the world? He completely went by Congress. Yeah. He, he, he completely, uh, and that thing was for the LGBT. Steve, that HR5 bill, which was the worst bill for the LGBT against the church, which came through House last year in May of 2019. Okay. Now, the president said back then, well, I don't want to approve it just because, you know, I don't really like the language. So here's what he does, Brian. A year and six months later, he turns around and does it his own self in an executive order and completely bypasses the House and the Senate what, and changes the laws for the LGBT. Now, what people need to understand is that if you look at the definition of what an executive order is, it is supposed to be an order that impacts only the, the executive branch of the government. It is never supposed to enact policy or create law or mandates, but mandates are not law. And, well, this, this is, is why we have checks and balances. Right, right, but this is why I'm saying we are seeing a tyrant come to rise right before us. Now, Steve, but, can you explain but, to everybody how the Noahide laws has so much to do with this change in the government that we see happening right now? Well, here's what, here, let me just say this, because you have to understand, Trump is only the puppet. Right. He's on strings. Every executive order he signs, they let him be the dirty guy to look like the tyrant. But in reality, he's really not that guy. It is, it is a masquerade behind there. And of course, it's that little country south of Lebanon that's pulling his strings to dictate these mandates that are going to go forth. And they are this this is why too you see with the election process, we see such a major conflict arising out of it. The left media, which also is controlled by that little country south of Lebanon, uh, they are pumping up, getting the uh, minority community so inflamed over Trump not conceding. Uh, and, and believe me, I'm sure Trump would just like to go home and be done with all this. Uh, you know, 
they chose him maybe because of his narcissistic ways uh, to play this part. I don't know. But, you know, the thing is, he was chosen for this purpose, just like Obama was chosen and groomed by uh, Kissinger. Uh, Literally, he was groomed by Kissinger to be the president of the United States. And, uh, and, the thing is, the, 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 the entire agenda right now, in order to bring about all the things, even like what Lynn was saying, uh, that these changes that they're going to make, whether it be this, this, uh, sustainability, uh, all, all these different laws that they're passing, they're going to take your lands, things like that. They've got to collapse this nation to be able to do it. They've mm-hmm. got to create a calamity here that is so massive. And they're going to do it when Trump stays in power and he is going to win. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say that. I mean, I don't want Biden to win either. I mean, let's just face it. It doesn't matter which one you get. That's right. You still have the evil. As my wife always says, people say, well, I'm going to vote for the lesser of two evils. She said, do you really think (laughs) Jesus would vote for any kind of evil? No. You know? Thank you for clarifying that about, you know, the tyrant and all that, Steve. But I wanted to say one thing, you know, and Bradley Dean from Sons of Liberty has brought this up several times when people say, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote for the lesser of two evils. Mm -hmm. And he's like, let me know in the Bible where that verse is that says I need to go for the lesser of two evils. No, God told us don't go to evil at all. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Well, Brock, let's get on to yes. some of our questions. We asked, Steve, we asked some of the people this week, early in the week, to submit questions uh, for the panel. So we have them written down. And with this, Brad, we thank you for asking questions. I've been my assistant, Deanna, she's been not documenting the questions you're asking tonight. And I've been writing them down, so we're going to try to get to them. Go ahead, Brian. All right. I hope everybody understands so far a pretty good a um, you know a summary and foundation of what the Noah High laws are and the, the threat they pose. Now, a lot of explanations will be broken down as we go throughout the week. Here's a question. My sister is a teacher's aide at an elementary school. She's with the kindergarten kid, but still sees what is going on in the school. What are some things that I can talk to her about as far as what to look for? They're probably not going to come right out and tell people, oh, by the way, we're going to start teaching your children about the Noah balls. Can you give some examples of the verbiage they may use? This way, I can give her a heads up to keep her eyes and ears open to these things. All right. How about Lynn on that one? Okay. Education. All right. Uh, some of the things to look for as far as uh, verbiage and signs. Uh, collectivism. Um, you know, how is your, what is your family believe? Do they make you go to church? Do you like going to church? Um, wow. What could you do if you didn't have to go to church? These are some of the, the questions that they start asking little people. Um, they also ask, you know, hey, we're going to start talking about how we're all in this together. Well, yes, we've heard that through this yes. COVID stuff, but they're starting to teach children younger and younger Uh, of this comprehensive sexuality stuff. So as young as kindergarten, you know, hey, here are your body parts. Now, in kindergarten, you don't know really what your belly button is for, but you're supposed to be able to know what your your God-given genitals are for. No, too much, too soon. These are things to be looking for. You also need to start looking at 
what is being taught about creation. Is it that God is our creator or that the earth is somehow just all its own creation and that we as good citizens need to adhere to climate change or taking care of the earth? Because again, this is starting out in not just kindergarten. This is going into daycare centers now. What? Mm -hmm. And right. don't forget Christian VBS. Uh, oh, yes. I have done some research. And there is actually the church on um, church schools. They love to bring in this kind of globalism that's tied to the Noahide laws. Uh, we can find it in not only our Christian schools, our Catholic schools. You can also find it that there was a church in Virginia, I believe it was, a few years ago, did a globalization VBS that was tied to all this kind of stuff. Oh, no, thank you. So if you want to learn some more details on that, when we upload the training Ms. Taylor um, did today, when we upload that, you'll get more details on that. Right. So she goes into that. But thank you detail. for that question. That is yes. Good. All right. Next question. Hi, my question is, how do I explain to my family about the Noahide laws in a very simple way? So they get how important it is without freaking them out. They will have a lot of questions. Yana is such a great teacher, and I hope you learn even more at this conference, too. I Aww. love Yana's sweet spirits. God bless y'all. Now, we, we covered that earlier, but Steve, you sharing this more than all of us, I imagine. How do you tell your family? Yeah. Simple. But not freak them out. Yeah. Or is the strategy to freak them out simply? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Here, let's put it simple. You just kind of go like this, you know, say, well, you see the conspiracy theories about all the guillotines that have been ordered and stuff like that. Right. Um, well, now even the Canadian government has, has been leaked out that, yes, they did uh, order the guillotines over in Canada as well. But I know for a fact as well that they were ordered in America and how they were ordered and how many blades were ordered, a million of blades were ordered of guillotines. And then you just simply say, well, by the way, you know, it's kind of weird. We get all these conspiracy theories out here about all these guillotines. And, yeah, there might be some truth to it. But isn't it kind of interesting that... Uh, this Noahide law, the sub-law decapitates that Christian. If you believe that Jesus is the son of God or however you want to believe. Okay, no, no there's no easy way to say it. I guess it's <laughs> simple. But it really and truly, sometimes you need to be shocked a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think, though, in all sincerity, what people need to do when they're trying to explain this to their family members is that I would first show them how that this looks so innocent. And the Noahide laws do look innocent. They, they appear on the surface. Oh yeah. This like the 10 commandments. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, the, the idolatry is against, uh, against the 10 commandments. So, but the thing that you need to see though, is that I want you to, to take and then show them what the interpretation is and who has the power of interpretation. And then if you can show them that, which of course it is the Orthodox community, and then you could build upon that and show them how that you have evangelical messianic teachers trying to put you underneath these rabbis in Israel as Christians that the law is supposed to come out of Jerusalem, which it did. Jesus Christ was that law. He was that new covenant. 
uh, that Moses spoke about. But you have to show them how that there is a movement to place all Christians underneath the Talmudic rabbis, which Jesus says, if they don't believe him, you know, we already know what he says about that. But the, And then once they can see that, then they can begin to realize that something is up because in their sub-laws of the Noahide laws, they're going to behead you because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And then you can get, try to get them to understand that there is an agenda and everything politically is beginning and everything globally is beginning to line up with that agenda, no matter how they dress it up. You know, yeah, there is a natural law, a natural law that God set in order, but they stole that terminology and applied it to this to make it more palatable right. for the Christian community to accept. Steve, so. where can you or someone that's listening research the the sub law? So you know, you anyone researches goes to noahide.org or dot com. Is it dot org? Oh, noahide.org. So noahide.org, you can go on there right now and read it and say, wow, this is wonderful. It makes sense. That's definitely Noah. And that, that sounds like, Chris, you know, naive people will read that. How do you go and find sublaws? You can actually, and, and I'll see if I can't get a link that we can include for the listeners and everything. But you have to understand the Jewish people, they're, they're not afraid to tell you what they are. Um, Hiding in plain sight all the time. Yeah, but, but I would even encourage, because I know you guys will be loading other videos that Giannis taught on these things uh, during this week, uh, that we're going to recommend some of the videos there. The, the, this would be a good, good avenue as well, because when Giannis speaks about things, she sources every single thing that there is. Uh, and so... There are, uh, let's say, even noah.org, uh, like you said, their, their website there, No Idolatry, for example, and then they give some of the sub laws against entertaining the thought of there exists a deity except Hashem, negative, that is considered a negative mitzvah, uh, against making any graven image, against having anyone else make one for us. Uh, and by the way, they are in the Talmud. Uh, when you and, and, and you can't, but it's not going to work if you have the Sencino Talmud is what I have. And this gives you all the breakdowns of those sub laws. But even since then, though, even since uh, this has been written then, more rabbis continually add on even more sub laws. Uh, mm -hmm. So it, it really takes a lot of work. But just in, uh, uh, you know, trying to find, okay, no, that, that didn't have, they didn't have the, the, the sub laws there. Uh, but but there are you, you could easily probably find that. And uh, if you go to uh, Moshe Weiner, uh, who is uh, he, in his uh, book called The Divine Code, that book there will have all the sub laws in it. And he's a Jewish man that wrote the book. How do you spell his name? Do you happen to know on the top of your head? Uh, yes, his uh, his name is spelled. Of course, Moshe is M O S, -M -O -S H E, and then Weiner. W-E-I-N-E-R. Okay. And the book is called the Divine, Divine, Divine Code. And it is a very okay. thick book, but it is unbelievable amount of information. You see, the, 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 the Jewish people used to hide these things from the public. Uh, they didn't want, these were very secretive things. You know, I mean, I can remember sitting with other 
other very elite type of Jewish people's doctors, lawyers, things like that, that I knew personally. And they would always joke about, you know, Gentiles becoming slaves and stuff. And, and I really never took it serious. I always thought, okay, yeah, right. And, you know, they were talking, oh, we're going to enslave Christians one day. But it wasn't a joke for them. They were very serious about it. And, all right. But, but keep in mind, though, not all Jewish people are this way. And this is really, I always like to say that because, unfortunately, a lot of, Jew, a lot of the people that expose the, the things that are really happening inside these circles are Jewish people that care about humanity. And even though they may not believe Christianity, they still care about Christians and what's going to happen. And they have come out and they try to expose these things. And so we got to always remember that. And then, of course, you got secular Jews that don't care about it either. You know, they just want people to be able to live in peace together. Uh, right. But unfortunately, there's a side that is bent on a much more sinister plan. I've got several questions. I'm going to hit you one after another. You ready, Steve? I'm ready. And this is like popcorn shotgun type stuff. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Quick answers. They're Do you quick. think those presidents that signed these things in the law or have made the education day and now all the different proclamations, do you think they knew how sinister it was? That's a good question. You know, in some cases, I would probably have to say no. But then in the, there's another side of me, though, you have to keep in mind. You don't become president unless you're part of some family, some there's a connection for every person that becomes president. Probably one of the very few that was really not connected, but and I know this story for a fact was Ronald Reagan. Uh, Ronald Reagan got in through popularity, but once the elite saw that there was a good chance he would be president, uh, this is when they demanded that he have Bush Senior to be his vice president because they needed to be able to control him. Uh, and I know that Reagan was always interested in a lot of things like Area 51, things like the alien agenda, but they would never allow him to know anything whatsoever about this information. They said he did not have the security clearance that would give him authorization to be a part of any of that. That lets you know just, you know, that they're still controlled. And uh, that's yeah. why even with Trump sometimes, you know, there's a reason why he was chosen. I don't really know the answer to the, for his reasons by that, but still he's the puppet on the strings. All right. So can, can yes. I add to the, the question about the presidents. All right. We know that Carter put into action the U S department of education that was based on the Noahide. We also know that right after that Reagan came in, he could have disbanded the department of education and didn't for whatever reasons. Then you he have been George, George W. Bush. He would have. Who, he would have um, who, okay, we have George W. Bush, who made the New World Order Declaration. You have Clinton, who came up with the Goals 2000, which took the case system and put it into education through workforce training. We have Bush the Second's No Child Left Behind, which really made education even worse. Then we had Obama, who signed the Every Student Succeeds Act, as well as the STEM Act, which supposedly was supposed to give uh, control back to the states. But no, it, it, in fact, it increased the federal footprint in education. And we have seen the president continue every bit of this. So mm -hmm. that would be why I would say uh, yes and no to these presidents. Yeah, there's one way or the other to get a president to do something, huh? Either they do it willfully, oh. knowingly. 
you got to keep in mind too when we talk about the presidents did this they did that they did this they did that they don't actually do any of it this is not their own ideas this is the ideas that are given to them that's why they have so many advisors and stuff Mm -hmm. uh it's the people that are in the background and and i know that we have what we call level four uh which really is fan there there's different families at different levels and there's different families that people don't even know about Rothschilds, Rockefellers, people like that. They're level four, level five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you go higher ups and stuff. And these things are disseminated down. And th- that's why I know these presidents, other than you might have a president that is a brilliant individual that probably is smarter. Now, I do know Bush Sr. He was one of those. He was unlike other presidents. You know, Jimmy Carter, the peanut pecker out there, you know, a little different with him. But when it comes to Bush Sr., he's very involved, very much knowing what's going on in the background and stuff. And that's why he was placed where he was placed and why he became president later. Um, he would probably be one that I would say knew what was going on. Okay, so during, their, mm-hmm. during each of these presidents' administrations, then we'll put it that way. Yes. All right. So this is a twofold question. Um, are the Noahide laws in place now and... When could, or do you think, you know, I guess prophecy or whatever, could the Noahide laws go into full effect? The timeline, yeah. Well, I, I personally think that the full effect is when they are able to collapse everything and then they bring out their new world order agenda. That will be the dawning of their new age. And of course, it will, because you have to understand, Israel has to have their Messiah figure. They have to have their Messiah on the scene. And, uh, and of course, there has to be a, a, a major attack against the Christian people. There's going to be a, you know, because in Judaism, well, I shouldn't say it that way. In some of these elite circles, they believe that, the, that Ishmael has got to kill off Esau. Well, that's the Muslims against the Christians. And then the Messiah can come. Uh, and to usher in this peace, this millennial reign. And they also believe that the Mahdi will begin to work with the Messiah to help usher this in. But I already know they got the, both guys are in the waiting. They, I mean, these are things that, that you know, from the, the circles that you, that you know these people in, they can they tell you about what's going on. So they're ready for this to happen, but they're waiting for the calamity in order to bring it about. So yes, okay. when your Noahide laws will be in full force. Next question. If President Trump, wink, wink, stays in power, okay? And let's just say we have the chaos that ensues after that. All the typical Antifa plan stuff, demonstrations all over the world happens. All right. And then martial law comes. You got shutdowns from COVID plus all the riots. Gives you maybe enough to justify martial law. Now, when martial law goes into effect and it's a disaster and the UN has to come in and save the day, would that be a way to do it, uh, to put it in full effect? Well, that would definitely be kind of like the scenario that things will follow. And if what I've been told is true, Trump will stay in power and that uh, he will continue on. It will become a major mess in the United States as a result. And uh, uh, keeping in mind, though, I was also told that plan B was that Biden would be in, 
but Biden would pass away and uh, Kamala Harris would take over and she would be president of the United States, that he would not fulfill, uh, fulfill his full term. Uh, and then in the case, but the, in the case of Trump, though, he is still supposed to be the one that stays in. They do know that's going to happen. They do know that they're going to bring out uh, martial law and bring troops out on the streets. But that's also going to be a way to help facilitate getting the vaccine into the people, because I was told the military wants to forcibly do it. But the politicians are saying no. But if we go to martial law, then guess what? You're going to get a forced vaccination process which is really going to turn this whole place up on its head. Uh, and the UN, yes, they would follow in, but it will be Chinese troops. And, uh, and we do have a problem on our southern border that is far greater than people realize. Well, I got to tell everybody something funny. This is a comment that's just going to break the mood right now. Okay. This lady's name is Mama Gigi. And Mama, listen, Mama says... I think I'm in labor, but I can't miss Steve and the Knights when they get together. <laughs> wow. Well, wow. we bless you, sister, in this birth. Wow. <laughs> That's quite something. Oh, that man. is some loyal people, Steve. <laughs> wow. wow. All right, here's some other questions. So, see, All right. the Sanhedrin. Now, one thing we haven't brought up yet in this is that in the Noahide Law, Thing they teach the, the 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 last one, or sometimes it's not the last, but the the justice. Okay, so they have these world courts, and they say that there needs to be a Sanhedrin in place. Now we know that in the Temple Mount, a Sanhedrin meets. Now, so can you explain the tie of Sanhedrin with this justice, which would be how heads get cut off and things like that? Secondly, how would that Sanhedrin tie in with the international courts that the UN has? Would they be the ones behind the scenes pulling all the strings? And that rhymed. Did you hear me? I'm about to flow with that. That was rhyming. There you go. I'm a poet and I've always known it. There, there is maybe differing opinions on how this would actually work out. I know there are, there are some that believe that the Sanhedrin will actually replace the United Nations uh, and I know there is a major push, uh, even with people like Michelle Bachman, um, who was former candidate for uh, former, I think she's former sen senator or congresswoman. I forget which one. Uh -huh, yes. Um, and I know Michelle indirectly, but I do know, know her a little bit. And but she's been behind that move as well, that the Sanhedrin yes, she has. replaces uh, the United Nations. And there is, I, I can see where that could possibly actually happen, uh, especially once we have a quote unquote new world order. But then I also can see too, a possibility that the United Nations will end up working hand in hand where the Sanhedrin would take the lead role uh, and it would be delegated down to the United Nations. And if that were to be the case, I can see where the, um, uh, the uh, what do they call those guys there? Uh, uh, the Jes no, no, not Jesuits, but the um, Masons would actually be involved as well, because you have to understand the 21st degree Mason is considered to be the executioner of the Noahide laws. He's that there actually the 21st degree Mason is called a Noahide, spelled with a C H I D E, which is another way that uh, that is spelled in, uh, in in Israeli circles, but. Um, 
And of course, their garb is a full executioner with the black hood, with a sword, etc. cetera. Uh, so maybe they would work under that mandate of the UN if the UN still stays intact in somehow or another. But you have to understand that the United Nations uh, could easily be replaced by the, by the Sanhedrin, uh, and then the Sanhedrin would then govern everything around the world. All right. All right, next question. So we have thrown around a few terms today. We, we said Kabad, okay? Um, we said Zionist, okay? Can we give some clarification to people? Because people will hear with, you know, conspiracy videos and all the people trying to become aware or make things aware that there's a Jewish cabal, okay? Cabal just means like basically a gathering or whatever, right? A cabal that is tied with the Masons, tied with the Illuminati, tied with the Jesuit thing and all of the intelligence. Everything's all one big shadow world elite. Could you give us a little bit of clarification on how that ties in with Zionist as well? Every, every, you're still dealing with different levels of things. And of course, there has been infiltrations, uh, as I said, in, in, in the rise. We, we really have to go back further because, I mean, you're really dealing with Satan is what you're dealing with. Yes. Mm -hmm. Satan has a kingdom, and as we read in Revelation 13, that power is given to him. Uh, and what happens is that this has really been Satan's move, and this is one reason why I think that they can think so much further in advance by centuries. Just like, for example, in the uh, late 1700s, this is when uh, the infiltration into the uh, Masons took place. When I say infiltration, I'm not justifying that the Masons were a good organization in the first place, but early in those early years like that, you, quote unquote, you had Christians that were involved in it. Uh, and I can't think of the one particular uh, Jewish infiltrator that came in there, but he had such an influence that a lot of the laws that were written for the Masons were written by Jews. Same thing with the Vatican. Wow. They knew that they had to infiltrate all these different organizations of Christianity or that was cloaked around Christianity to get control of it. Yeah. And we've had several rabbis that converted to Christianity to infiltrate the Catholic Church. One of those men became a Pope of Rome. Uh, and it slips my mind. I used to know these things really, really well, but I get older. My mind don't remember it as well anymore. But uh, uh, but he actually became uh, one of the popes of Rome. And uh, and and two of them, after they did all the damage to change the things in the Catholic Church, they went back to Judaism. But one of them stayed there. And again, I forget exactly the names of those. I, I used to know them very well. So this has been a subversion and an overtaken uh, of power and why we even see right down to the very uh, Pope Francis today, people not knowing that he was brought in the way he was, just like in America. America was perverted. They used, they used all of Hollywood, everything else. And, you know, 
we, I won't even say it, but we know who controls Hollywood, just like who controls the media, things like that. Right. Uh, whatever narrative they want to bring out, but they wanted to corrupt this nation as badly as they possibly could to make it easier to overtake. And then as well in politics, we have APAC who has, uh, you know, owns every politician that there is. Uh, Cynthia McKinney is one of the only congresswomen that I know of that ever stood up and fought APAC. Uh, and she lost her seat. Now, I don't know exactly everything that Cynthia stood for, so I'm not here to say that Cynthia was the best uh, candidate, but I still applaud the fact that she was able to stand and say, look, we should be for the United States, not fighting all Israel's wars and giving everything that Israel wants. Uh, but I know several politicians, senators and congresspeople that, uh, that have told me that, yeah, you you take, uh, like uh, Dr. Uh, Day, Dr. Day's uh, husband, who was a former congressman, uh, you know, they, they took and uh, she, when Dr. Day, uh, when her husband, back when they were bringing in the Noahide laws, she caught it herself what they were doing. And, uh, and you know, but it's just amazing some of the things i, I kind of lost my well steve right. that's the lady we're interviewing her on monday oh dr day let me tell you something yes. amazing amazing woman her and yana are very very good friends and, uh -huh. uh, and they they besides many many interviews together uh you know they they've talked a lot they stay in touch with each other uh -huh. and, uh, and, and she is a an amazing dog she was a trauma surgeon and uh, but very well educated, a wonderful Christian lady, and but she's going to tell you just like it is. Oh, that we're going to love that interview. Yes. All right, we're going to limit it to these last few, and that'd be it. Real quick, could you read to or somebody if you think if you have the seven laws in front of you, the seven Noahide laws? Could you read them and tell people what they are, and not so much explanation? Because, again, hundreds of bylaws, right? It might be thousands. I don't know. Maybe. Do you know how many bylaws there are? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the hundreds. Uh, in the hundreds. Uh, uh, yes, I, I can read them all. The, the different ones uh, give different, uh, uh, different, different, they kind of worded different ways. But you have do not worship false gods. Uh, do not curse God's name, do not murder, do not engage in specific forbidden sexual relations, do not commit theft, establish laws of courts of justice, that's not the Ten Commandments, and no. do not eat flesh with a, uh, that was removed from a living animal. Again, that's not in the Ten Commandments either. So you got two, they're definitely not Ten Commandments. The others are very similar, but by the way, for the breaking of any of these uh, first five, it is capital punishment. That is the sub-law written in the Talmud right along with these laws. My goodness. So believing in Jesus is a capital punishment. And how, how would they, what are the humane ways, I guess, that they would have for us to be killed? Oh, they already tell you what it is. It's you, it is by decapitation. That is in the Talmud. It's wow. Here's the way it is to be carried out. The sentence is by decapitation. And when they talk about do not worship false gods, I'll just give you an idea here. For example, no idolatry uh, against making any graven images, against having anyone else make one for us. 
you know, the point is you break one of those laws and those first five right there. Uh, and this is what's really interesting. Israel has been so supportive of the LGBT community. I know. Right? But yeah. what you don't realize, where, do, where, do, where is the capital, the gay capital of the world? It's Tel Aviv. That's right, amen. Do you think Israel cares what's going to happen to that coastline? They don't. No. They don't care if Iran nukes the coastline, which, by the way, Iran does have nukes. Yeah. All right. So when they talk about we're trying to keep Iran from getting nukes, no, they're not trying to keep Iran from getting nukes. <laughs> they have nuclear bombs. Yeah. All right. So, All right. and they're going to allow that to happen. I read um, yesterday or two days ago, a few days ago, I can't remember, on the sexual thing that in the Talmud, they write down on some of their sub laws that some of these, their laws apply differently to a Jew. Yes, okay? that's true. And if they have, if a man has sex with a young girl below the age of three, then it's okay because the hymen will heal and they'll still be a virgin. So and I, I read, I was reading this and I had to read it over and over, like say, hold up. So they give these laws around about, I guess you loopholes, you would call it, for them to get away with some perversions within their law for the Jew. But, but the Gentiles, they get, they get their, their head cut off. Let, let me kind of give you a little breakdown for that uh, to start with. For, for Gentiles, you need only one witness right. to be put to death. Your family member can be a witness against you to put you to death for the violation of any of these laws. In the case of the Jewish people, no, there has to be 70. Wow. That's the Sanhedrin? That's the Sanhedrin, right? I don't know if it's used that way. Uh, or or um, let, me, let me correct something on that there. One second here. I know you, with the Gentiles, it's one witness is all you need. I think I know, but I know you have to have at least two. But I've also, let me see if I can look that up. Well, let's recant that just for a moment. Um, but I know it's much, much, much different. Uh, it's two or three witnesses. I apologize. Two or three witnesses against the Jew. But even then, the death penalty doesn't apply to them like it does. They because you have to like understand. Fine, don't they? <laughs> the seven Noahide laws do not apply to Jews, period. Yeah. yeah. They go by the Ten Commandments and 613 Mitzvot. That's what they will go by. And by the way, when they do come out with this whole New World Order system, every Jew will have to go up underneath their laws, and all Gentiles will have to go up underneath the other laws. Wow. So, uh, if you if you look that up, the Divine Code book, you, you will find that uh, for the Jews— you know, and there's and there's 70 judges for the 70 judges for the Jews, and one is all you need for a judge for a Gentile. That's what it was. I got my brain mixed up on that, but it's the judges as well. Oh, you have to have 70 judges. You gonna think you're gonna think you're gonna get 70 judges to convict a Jewish guy? There's no way. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it blew me away. No. Some of the I was reading an article by someone who was exposing this, just giving example after example after example of how. Number one, the number one law about the idols, we have to accept, you know, the one is one God, right? And you have to accept that the Jews are the priests on the God, the light unto the world, right? The, they're the, 
and they're not. Exactly. So it's like if you don't accept that, you know, so this is what this worship of Israel has done to the Christian church. They have forgotten their first love. And they have gone back. I mean, as I did that message where I played you and Laura, Brother Brock, the other day, last night, is one of the things I quote Jesus and what he was saying, you know, and he talks about how that they, they, they don't recognize him to be the Messiah. Okay, they're blind. Why do you need the blind to lead the blind? Yeah. Right. All right. So now we're going to get into how this translates to the Christians and the last days. Okay. Prophecy. Okay. Now we know that as the days of Noah, so it will be. And then you have the Noahide laws. Obviously there's a few things that tie in there and we can go into that, but we have an Antichrist thing in the book of Revelation and Daniel that we're looking at, but Jesus talked about as well. So it seems on the forefront of all this that the Noahide laws would be used by the Antichrist and that and things like that. Now, twofold question. Now, is Kissinger pushing the Antichrist agenda? And is Trump the Antichrist? <laughs> which is a question I know how you'd answer. Seriously, that's what they're asking. It seems like he could be used or he is an, a spirit of Antichrist or an Antichrist, but Kissinger, Trump, and then follow up with that, how all the Noahide laws falls into the eschatology that we're talking about with the beast system, the martyrs, the war against the saints, things like that. And then obviously this huge technological vaccine that put in our body to track all of our histories to give us barcodes on our skin. I mean, things like that. Would you like to just take that big, huge topic? <laughs> well, I'll try to sum it up kind of quickly though. Uh, when we look at um, Trump, I, I don't think Trump is an antichrist. Uh, will they try to make him a Messiah figure? Possibly. But if they do it, it'll only be the Josephic Messiah. I do know that we are going to war with Iran. And this plays into the narrative that Israel believes that they have to have the Messiah of Joseph has to be the one that wages war against Israel's enemy. All right. And I have been assured this war with Iran is going to happen. Now, whether or not it's Trump that does it, initiates it, or whether it's uh, Israel initiates it, that's yet to be seen. But that's got to happen. Well, so, I got to interject here because I just saw the Secretary of State just impose more sanctions on Iran. And they even said that they're doing a squeezing campaign. I mean, it is escalating. I, they, can, he, I can confirm that from the Secretary he, of State. He used the nuclear wording. Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. he the option of nuclear, yes, he did. And you got to keep in mind, too, when it comes to war with Iran, um, I, have, I have three different sources on Iran. One is because a good friend of mine interviewed one of the defector scientists from Iran year, uh, several years back, and he confirmed that Iran had atomic bombs. Uh, I have been able to get that confirmed as well through the Pentagon. They do know that Iran has nuclear weapons. Uh, and whether or not they will use it or not is, is yet to remain to be seen. But that's why I was mentioning earlier that 
Israel does not care about the LGBT community. They like that they're in Tel Aviv because they could care less if they nuked Tel Aviv. It only helps fulfill prophecy and mm -hmm. not real prophecy, but Talmudic ideology. Um, but that being said, uh, they also, um, when we look at this issue with Trump, if Israel goes at it with Iran and they initiate it, they still need Trump involved in there in order to be their Messiah figure that fulfills the Josephic Messiah. That doesn't, to me, make him the Antichrist. What I believe will be your Antichrist spirit will be the, the figure that will actually portray in Israel's mind the Messiah of David, as they call him. They believe there's two Messiahs that come, and they break this up through the book of Daniel, which we know that there was Christ would die. Uh, as he did, he fulfilled that prophecy. Now, the Messiah of David, I kind of wonder if, just as a, a thought, and it's only a conjecture, I don't say it to be the case, but I've watched care of what I've been watching closely, Yehuda Glick. And the reason why I say Yehuda Glick, because he's going to run for uh, president in June. I believe he will get it. I've been told that he is not, will not be their Messiah figure. So I will say that in all fairness to tell people that know these things or know a lot of things about these things. They say that he's not the one. Uh, but I still keep my eye on him because many rabbis refer to him uh, as a descendant of David. I think uh, he's considered to be one of the direct descendants of David. And the fact that he has so much been that peacemaker between Christians and Jews, uh, and, and very, in, a, in a very awkward kind of way. Uh, and I know Yehuda myself. I've interviewed him uh, before. Yana's interviewed him as well. Uh, he's a nice man. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not here to say something bad about him. But if he were to be that Messiah of David, I would think that he would end up being that one then that would usher these things in or would be the one they would use for that purpose. Um, so who knows? Who knows? It could be anybody. We'll, we'll probably all be surprised when it does happen. <laughs> yeah. What am I leaving out? Oh, the eschatology side of this. Well, the simpler thing about eschatology when we're looking at the seven Noahide laws is we know that according to the scriptures, the Christians are going to be beheaded. For their testimony, the testimony that they held. Uh, so look at where we're headed. I mean, it's very obvious from the scripture that that is the fate of many Christians coming in the future. And, uh, and, and, they, and they, so many, and what's really sad, so many of the evangelical teachers right now are saying to the people, oh, you have nothing to worry about the seven Noahide laws. It's Sharia law that you have to worry about. Well, <laughs> Israel tries to help that narrative stay going. So like in the case of Azerbaijan going against Armenia, they, they were paying $100 for every head, $2,000 a month for the soldiers that would go fight in the war against the Christians, but they wanted them to be head Christians. Why? They're trying to keep, make it look like it's Sharia that is the beheader. Yeah. yeah. The deflection. If, if I could just interject on this particular question, um, I've done an article and two interviews on how Kissinger plays into every bit of this, and it's under the current administration, but it, Kissinger's been around for a long time, so his influence has been in this for many, many years, and also um, 
of On the Sons of Liberty, I did do an interview where the title was Forget Sharia Law. It's Noah Hyde we need to be concerned about. And so <laughs> That's a good with, title. Yeah, and so it's all there for folks to access so that you can mm -hmm. get into them even more because as Steve was saying, you know, on the surface, some of these don't sound so bad. But when you get into looking at the agenda that attaches with them, it does mean control. It does mean death for a lot of good people. Yes. I want to address the subject of the uh, President Trump being the Antichrist. I can see why people would think that. Right. I mean, Steve, when you look at the traits of the Antichrist, the peace agreement, bringing yeah. peace to all those other nations, the arrogance of the man, right. the double-tongued, the double tongue of the man partnering with the church, deceiving the church, uh, taking, you know, the world into this Good new points. order, this, this new set of things. The Sanhedrin have labeled him and said that the number of his name is as of the Messiah. I have the article right here where it is the, let's see here, right here. Donald Trump, this is with the uh, Israel National News. Donald Trump, champions of the Noahide laws. Champion. Yeah. yeah. They have even put it in endorsing him as a candidate in this article right here in Israel 365 News, where it says uh, Sanhedrin asked God to re-elect Trump, and they compare him to King Cyrus and looky here, it says here, the basic problem, this is them describing, right? the basic problem of America and of the whole of the Western world is the abandonment of the Judeo-Christian value system based upon the belief in God. Because they, even in all of the conventions, the Republican and the Democrat, they are trying so hard to put Judeo in front of Christianity because they want to put them as the root. So that this whole foundation thing that they've got going on to change the foundation of our country is their go. I mean, I can see why people think that he is the Antichrist because of the traits and the characteristics and mm -hmm. of biblical prophecy. Uh, the only thing that makes me think that maybe he's not the Antichrist and that maybe I, I consider him more of the John the Baptist, the forerunner. Okay. I see him because the Bible says that the beast will hand over the power to the second beast. I see him as like the first beast that is getting everything laid up. He's lining everything. He's passing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. He's putting all of these people together. He's working with all the religions. He's fulfilling all these biblical prophecies. And then he's going to hand over the power to the beast. And then that's why I've been telling everybody, listen here, you know, he... With President Trump's pride, he is not going to go down in a sinking ship. He is not going to do it. Yeah. So he will either be taken out, he will disappear or something. I do believe, just like Steve, he will get back in. And I also believe, based upon what I've seen over the past two years that I've been in the White House, is that President Trump is pulling back the reins to let everybody see a world imagined with the Democrats. He has declared, he has plowed, oh, this country is only the way it is because I have held it up. 
I want my name on the mountain. I am your only thing between here and utter destruction. You know, he has put himself up as the savior. So, so when the Democrats come to the forefront and everybody thinks that he's got it, that is going to cause when he fights and comes back, utter devotion. Because they're going to think we came just to taste of going into hell. So we are going to trust you. You can bring the vaccine. You can bring the mark. You, you can bring the chip and do anything yep. you want. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm so happy that you beat the Democrats. And on the other side, the Democrats are going to be so mad that they lost out when they thought they really had a taste of their side winning. Yes. You know, it could be a lot of where this chaos is. But I can see, though, how people say that one last thing I want to address is martyrdom. Absolutely. We have all, with the vaccine agenda right here around the corner, they say in two weeks they're going to start implementing the vaccine. You better get your house in order, Brad. And you better be ready for martyrdom at all costs because we all say that in the, in the vaccine it is too close to the mark of the beast, too close to call because technology is involved, moving your DNA around. We found out the Moderna, the reason it's called Moderna, is because it's the mod for the RNA, to modify your RNA. So, I mean, it's irrefutable, Steve, that this, that this vaccine is not for the good of any human. It is transhumanism. It is taking us into this technical world. The internet, like Brock talked about, the internet of bodies, Internet of Things, you will not be able to buy or sell. You will be mocked, like Miss Lynn said earlier, your peer pressure. You will be mocked. So, yes, get ready for martyrdom. And all of us that's been partnering with our ministry know the slogan, the will of the Lord be done. Well, this is actually techno-fascism. That's exactly what this is. Techno-fascism, technology. Married with fascism. fascism. Yes. That's and awesome. this this is a political movement that has been in this nation for many years. And if you uh, follow uh, any of Patrick Wood's work, he's been for 40 years tracing this and can tell you how this all marries up with not only the vaccine, but the transhumanism and the social credit and all the other things that we're seeing that are tied also to the Noahide. So yes, there is a huge political under movement in this nation to do anything at all costs. And my concern is how many Christians have said they love God and they're going for Trump, but look at the fact that his administration has doubled the funding for Planned Parenthood. Come on. And how can can you say you're a Christian, you believe in God, but you're going to vote for this man who's doing this. Now, we knew the other side was going to do it anyway. But you've got, got, our problem is we have a two-party system that has failed us miserably because Mm -hmm. they've joined in their agendas. This is part of that techno-fascism. This is part of the Noahide that's coming in. And again, the reason why it's so successful is because they used education so that it can manipulate everybody's mind to accept that all of this is good. But look at the amount of Christians who will commit utter idol worship Mm -hmm. when the the results are finally broadcast. And you're going to have so many people claim that God was on their side because 
look who got back in yes. or, you know, that sort of thing. So Empowering we need to understand mm-hmm. we've got to stop. If we're going to live by the, the will of God, to stop exalting men to God's position, yes. to stop putting party in God's position and to get back to the Bible, to get back to what it says, to get back to the, the constitution, which was based on the Bible. But Lynn and Steve, how do you see the vaccine being tied with the Noahide laws? Do y'all have an answer to that? Well, you know, one thing is that ties in with the techno fascism. When y'all answer that, I want to piggyback off your answer and go into the case of Hitler and the comparisons um, and how the Nazi uh, party did it. If you want to answer, how do you guys see the vaccine? I want to. Yeah, that'd be great, bro. That would be great. Steve, why don't you go first? Well, the thing is, when, when you're dealing with the vaccine, the vaccine is the, the, the facilitator to be able to uh, know, because see, the thing is, you have to understand, one of the things that Satan wanted to do is he wanted to be like God. He wants to be worshipped as if he were God, and he wants to sit in the temple of God. Yeah. Well, Satan knows that it's not the building sitting there on the Temple Mount or the one they're going to put up there eventually. He knows the human body is that temple. This is, uh, you know, that Christ was the temple of God. So the thing that the vaccine would actually allow them to be able to do using 5G technology is once they put these nanoparticles in you, now Satan will be able to rule and reign within you. It gives him a facilitator. And of course, then it's to, because he wants to imitate everything that God does. God knows the secrets of your heart. Uh, He wants to be able to know what you're thinking. So therefore, if you violate the seven Noahide laws, even by thought, they could put you to death for your thoughts. And I do know that that technology does exist. Uh, this is not a fantasy. This is a reality. This is, but, but they need the vaccine. They need that to be able to get this to change. I mean, Yana goes into a lot of this when it talks about the, you know, the changing of your DNA, the, the RNA messenger and what it does, things like that. But when, at the end of the day, what the, the, the really the big goal is that I can see besides changing humanity into human what is a human 2.0 or something like that, or trans, tra- transhumanism, mm-hmm. is that uh, they want to control you, even your very thoughts. And that has been confirmed to me through Intel circles that they can know your thinking, but it will take that vaccine, it will take the 5G technology to give it to them on a global scale. And then Satan now rules and reigns within you and can convict you and condemn you by the law. Mm-hmm. That's my thought. Now, Steve, I got to say one thing before Brock gets in this. I just got a, a message. I believe that the beast is really working on society. You know, we talked earlier about the umbilical cord. It's where Lucifer, like you was saying, is wanting people to depend on him as God. Let me clothe you. Let me feed you. Let me heal you. Let me give you a place to live and let me give you money. And then I just got two notices today that I think they're trying to bribe, that the beast is trying to bribe everybody 
to be even more codependent. Three things, actually. Yes. One is we're getting ready for the stimulus package to pass, yeah. which they're going to put attached to the vaccine where they'll basically bribe you to give you this money if you get the vaccine. Secondly, right here, some Americans may get hundreds of dollars more in their Social Security benefits. More money. Another announcement today is about the drastic reduction. Actually, it came from the White House. The news I got from the White House today is they are drastically reducing the uh, drug prices so that people will be able to have more access to that. And we know with the mental health industry, what they're doing there, me and Brock talked about all this last right. night. What was that thing we announced about the mental health industry last night? Well, the opioid part. No, it was something having to do with, uh, what was that main thing? It was something having to do with the UN and the mental health industry. Lord, I can't even remember at this point. It's, there was so much. But the it was only is, 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning. You know? Well, I, I can, if I can, um, Go ahead. as far as Noah Hyde tying to the, the vaccine, one of the biggest things that people overlooked when the Every Student Succeeds Act was made into law, illegal though it may be, is that one of the largest power increases was given to the Department of Health and Human Services. And in the inner language of the Every Student Succeeds Act, it was absolutely in a very Orwellian overreach into behavioral health, mental health, home visits, all these things that would forcibly come in and like you were saying, you know, we'll clothe you, we'll feed you, you know, we'll tell you how to be a parent because after all, you're, you're too stupid to be a parent, but we, the government, know how to, exactly. to make you a better that's parent. Yes. So this is, to, in my way of seeing this, that's one of the big ways where it's, uh, it was a very quiet way to say, okay, we're gearing up the troops, so to speak, the health and human services troops to come into your home and to, micromanage how your family works mm -hmm. what they are teaching mm -hmm. what how they're medicating this sort of thing i can tell you as far as the mental health in the united nations oh, the united mm -hmm. nations has a plan for every type of health condition that is uh, sustainable development goal number three i believe is health it includes mental health you also can look at the world bank and their game plan for how healthcare is run in this country. Noah Hyde Law also backs into the Geneva Consensus Declaration, which was recently signed by the Trump administration. And one of the caveats to that, which is also found in the Noah Hyde Law, the USMCA, which is the United States Mexico yeah, yeah. Canada Agreement, all will go to three words universal health. <coughs> <coughs> My goodness. Oh, we were talking about the UN universal health care and stuff, too. Yeah. So that's, all right. that's how you can turn all that up. Guys, if you haven't got a, a lot of information, <laughs> get ready. I, I think on the tail end of this, Steve, you had mentioned you know, earlier that you are talking about the comparisons with Hitler and things like that. I've been waiting to talk about this. Now, I've been teasing everybody, sharing a little bit, but when you actually see what the methods i'm gonna say <coughs> the method satan used to trick the church in hitler's day is the exact same thing you'll see now the method of operation the mo is yes. the same now um 
Everybody knows back in Hitler, before World War II, we had World War I. You guys can go back and research the declarations of world leaders trying to put together a new world order. These are all researchers. They set it out. You guys have probably already watched these videos and seen it for yourself. They were trying to get a, a world, a new world order. So therefore, you had a Great Depression. So there's the economics. You had a world war, but it didn't come together the way they wanted it to. So... Right after that, here comes World War II. Now, after that, we get the United Nations and things like that. So mm -hmm. we got more of that world order, but it's not yet to the point until like it is now with Agenda 2030 where they're actually able to do it. But in that process of creating a world order, Hitler came up. And the same methods that Hitler used to trick the church is what we're seeing now in Germany, it was a completely Christian nation, pretty much, in terms of how people identify themselves. There were 60, Just like oh, yeah. 60 million people, okay? 40 million of them claimed to be Protestant. 20 million claimed to be Catholic. A few, like 3.5%, claimed to be non-denominational, like a Baptist or a Salvation Army or you know, spirit field or something like that. Um, they were their own small uh, remnant, I guess you would call it. And then you had a little tiny NCUNC, less than 1% were agnostic, atheists, and things like that. Now, after all of the Hitler thing happened with all the Holocaust, they had the thing called the Nuremberg War Crime Trials. This is where they did some things out in the open but there were some things that weren't allowed to get out in the open and released into in 2002 into the public was there was millions of pages of supporting evidence that was also there documents, summaries, notes, memos, all these things collected by investigators. Now, the OSS back then, which is now called the CIA, they were the ones that were doing the covert in, in uh, investigation underneath what the surface level where the people of the world could see just now has been released what was in these Nuremberg trials. Oh no. Well, now, here you go. So this is back 1945 and 46. Here's what we find out. So you might remember the name Will Wild Bill Donovan, <laughs> the CIA's precursor. And he was the guy in the OSS at the time before the CIA. So they, he collected and cataloged trial evidence in 148 bound volumes of personal papers that were stored after his death in 1959 at Cornell University. Wow. So a lot of evidence is here, and they're starting to, instead of going through millions of things, they are actually putting them in summaries and releasing them to the public. So here's a few things we found. In the Rutgers Journal of Law and Religion, and I can post this link, but it's in the camlaw.rutgers.edu forward slash publication forward slash law. Which is a legit religion. journal. Okay. That's the reason why I'm saying it. You yes. know, this is, this is a legit school journal of law. Yes. Okay. It includes a 108 page outline prepared by the CIA investigators, OSS back then, to aid Nuremberg prosecutors. The outline. Here's the title of it. 
Oh, no. The persecution of the Christian churches. Listen to this. It summarizes the Nazi plan to subvert and destroy German Christianity, which it calls an integral part of the national socialist scheme of world conquest. Wow. Now, they had this plan. Now listen to this. This plan was put together way before the Nazi party came into power. What? Before Hitler came, like you said, there were some, now I'm not going to get into a lot of the details here. I like to show more evidence when I make these types of claims, but there were a lot of bankers funding this. Mm-hmm. And some of them, but I have to go back and show you proof, were Zionist wealthy bankers thinking that if the Nazi party got in and persecuted the Jews, they would therefore come back to their home in Palestine and they would fulfill their Zionist agenda, prophecy, or whatever. Now, that went wrong, obviously, because you know, a lot of Jews got killed. I don't yeah. know if they meant to do that, but I can tell you that they were, they were funding there. Now, we go into this, okay? 1920s, Nazi party starts to get up. You know, later on, you get up in there, and the Nazis come to power. But listen to this. Hitler had a dilemma. The conservatives... All this Christian, most of them were conservative thinking, okay? Which is how we are, yeah. Yeah, he couldn't outright come out and tell them how aggressive his agenda was to make the church subservient to him in the state. Because there was a lot of different things. He knew there would be conflict. It would be inevitable. It was going to happen with the church. But look at this. So according to Baldur von Schirach, whatever, the Nazi leader of the German Youth Corps, that would later be known as the Hitler Youth, the destruction of Christianity was explicitly recognized as a purpose of the National Socialist Movement from the beginning, though considerations of expedience made it impossible for the movement to adopt this radical stance officially until it had consolidated power. In other words... No, it means... They couldn't outright tell you this was their agenda. They're not going to tell you how nasty they are up front. They're going to slowly introduce That's right. Well, let me tell you what I know about consolidated power, Steve. When they do all of their uh, UN agenda, when they uh, merge with all these other countries and stuff, they're saying it in the uh, personal and corporate all blending together. I forgot how the, they're wording it, but it's like... Well, we saw all year long. Yeah, it's where everything is blending together. Remember COVID-19 gave Trump, well, let's say the powers that be beyond Trump. It gave them the excuse to officially, on the surface, consolidate power to Jared Kushner. Yeah. The mm-hmm. supply chain, FTC mm-hmm. trade communication, the communication, FCC. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go to healthcare. I mean, one thing after another, our right. whole government got consolidated, you know, right out in front of everybody. You know, you had the private meeting with the government. Secretary. That's what it's the called. That's that's the fascist Steve. tool as well. That's a, it is. It is. That's oh, part yes. of the communist totally. Yeah. So, Steve, yeah. check this out. So, they're putting all of them together. Many years. We're talking about over. We know from these documents that it was over 10 years before the Nazi power came came into being that they had in their plan, okay, to take down this 60 million Christians, which was the whole nation of Germany, to subvert it, like 
covertly take down the Christian church. Now, listen to this. Oh, I need to finish that statement. They had a plan to take them down at first until they had a complete consolidated power. And then it didn't matter anymore, right? Because they could just take on power and do whatever they want to do. Look, attracted by the strategic value inherent in the churches, historic mission of conservative social discipline, the Nazis simply lied and made deals with the churches while planning a slow and cautious policy of gradual encroachment to eliminate Christianity. What have we seen all year? Isn't that interesting? This is what, and this is where a lot of people are are thinking, well, law and policy are the same. No, they're not. Law is what Congress is supposed to put into place. Policy is the interpretation, and depending on what special interest group you are, is how is it interpreted. And then implement it, right? Steve right. was about to say something. What was you going to say, Steve? No, I, I was just agreeing with what you guys were saying already. But, you know, it's interesting, though, with what brought these discoveries. And, and of course, what Lynn had mentioned earlier about uh, Kissinger. I mean, I've said it so many times on our, on our broadcast. Kissinger is the man running the United States. So uh, back... There's actually, we have six, six uh, people that are running the United States. But Kissinger, as I was told, his hand is on the throttle of the, uh, of the fighter plane uh, to begin with. So, and of course, there's also been discussion about why does he live so long? Well, that's a different issue. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, I got to say this. He, he is when much older than House, people. Steve, when I was in the White House and I started seeing the truth about President Trump, that was one of the things that really made my stomach just turn is when he met with the Kissingers one night in the White House. I was like, what? You're me? You know, because all of us believed he is not globalist. He said he was going to pull out of the UN. He always talks about the globalists. He puts them all down. He says that the Democrats are globalists. So... To all of us that are supporting him, you're thinking, then why are you meeting with him? And then much less what he's done since he's been with COVID, you know, doing all the partnerships. Well, but well, go ahead, Brock. Oh, I'm about to die. I, I, just, I want to say one thing about, about that, okay? Yeah. You, this is the same president who sits there and makes fun of global warming, but yet is backing every climate change. That's right. He sure is. He can possibly. The tree initiatives. That's right. Yes. The WE forum. Yes, Mm -hmm. he is. This all goes back to how intelligence agencies work, how Satan works, about deception, about the sleight of hand. I call it double time. There you go. We can go. There's a lot of terms to this, but. Your focus is here. They're doing many things while you're all focused on this. But listen how they did this. This year, we have seen the church have this gradual encroachment put upon them. You can't go to church. You can't worship. You can't, you can't even, the, you know, you can go to the alcohol. All those alcoholic shops have stayed open. Shopping. We can go. We all know this argument that we make all the time of how you can riot, but you can't go to church, right? So, right. 
there has been this gradual encroachment of mental health. They told us we can't basically, basically can't get people born again, cast out demons and get people delivered and free. Yeah, right. We're supposed to turn it up to the state for mental health reasons. Now the state's taking control of mental health. Yeah. They're telling us that you can't get together because it's, it's and you know what? They were just guidelines. guidelines they they weren't even, wrong. they weren't even law really. You know what I mean? They were just, Hey, Let's, let me tell you what to do, and let's see how obedient you'll be. Now, this is what Hitler did. Check this out. Okay. So the plan from the beginning, many years before they even came to power, was to lie to the church, deceive them, bring them in close. Here's how he did it. So Hitler himself has taught Nazi leaders to get together with their propaganda minister, which is basically, <laughs> you know, that's how the, the news and everything, all the information warfare. That was global, wasn't it? Uh, Yes, yeah. Goebbels, Joseph Goebbels. Mm -hmm. And a collection of party enforcers, okay? Now, you got all, everything out here meeting together. Now, check this out. He, they got the church in a few ways. One, they started giving the church money. Oh, oh yeah. Millions through COVID. They made, sure that. That the, they made sure that these, all the, you know, the, the evangelicals, you know, the Protestants, they made sure that their headquarters were, lo were located inside of Germany, not in another country. They incentivized them to make sure their headquarters so they could keep them strapped. And then the government started funding, okay, these different churches. Now, listen to this. The organizations, denominations were funded now by the government, and they, were, they had administration ties. Now, that was one thing. Next, they get them to believe that they have a choice in the matter <laughs> so the government decided that the best way to deceive them like a trojan horse was to get them all to vote they actually had a guy that the fuhrer called the bishop to the fuhrer the bishop the fuhrer's bishop basically they had all of the protestants vote on who would represent them in their council being close to the fuhrer now, you see Trump has his evangelical council and all That's his advisors. Right. They right. get all close. Now, listen, they got them really close. They even let all the Protestants vote. And obviously, the only guy that made sense was the guy that the government put in there. Mm -hmm. They voted for him, and now he was their council representing them. Now, that was one. They got him by the money, and they had counselors come close. So then they trusted mm -hmm. that he had a team with them. Right. Uh -huh. basically they're leaders just like we have Check wow. this out. so you had the protestants that was one issue the other big issue was the pope and all of the catholic flow of their organization so the fuhrer goes straight to the pope you know hitler he goes straight to the pope and and, and, and signs a contract with him and strikes a deal he says pope I won't touch any of your churches, any of your, you know, whatever they call them, or any of your schools and all your orphanages. I won't touch one thing as long as you swear allegiance to me. Okay. Wow. And educate. The only thing I'm asking is that you swear allegiance and that you educate <clears throat> your kids, your schools, and all of your churches on patriotism. Which is nationalism. Wow. Nationalism. So they were big on nationalism. It was Germany first, basically, right? Now, wow. they started educating, and they were like, well, 
you know, the Pope said they, in every country we're in, we're a patriot. We teach them to love their country. So that was a no bigger, no, no big deal. So you have patriotism being taught. And that was both all the churches, patriotism, patriotism, love your country, love the fewer. They were just in this thing that we see now with Trump. People are like Rabbit. bewitched. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is like yeah. people are just, they drink the Kool-Aid, you know? So yeah. Trump followers are just like we've never seen before. Now, that's how the church was back then. But there was a remnant that from the beginning was like, no, we don't want you involved with our church. We're going to preach what Jesus said, and we're not going to have anyone control us. From the beginning, they were saying that. Now, those people from the beginning, were they kept them at a distance, didn't really do much, left them alone, let them keep preaching their thing until power came. And then check this out. So next thing you have, okay, is false flags. The Gestapo, now later on, the Fuhrer comes into power, okay? Things start happening. Things are moving towards a world war. Now, the Gestapo, start, they started noticing that these ministers and preachers in the Catholic and in the Protestant started noticing things, how racism was going on, anti-Semitism. They started noticing the state was controlling what they were saying. When, ah. they, when they started to speak up, Look at this. The Gestapo started attending churches. Mm -hmm. And when you would preach against the fear, they'd walk up there and take your speech right out of your hand. Wow. Shut you down. Now, false flags started happening. They would have, they would incite protests, gangs, and riots led by the Gestapo, okay, that would raid ministers' houses and raid headquarters and raid things to put pressure on them. Wow. Now, so false flags come, and next thing you know, they get all riled up and really speak out against the Fuhrer, and next thing you have ministers being imprisoned. <clears throat> At this point, they realize there's no winning it. They got our money. Okay, we were lured in too close. We've already spoke what he said. They've got everything on us. We've already been given in. Now, next thing you know, there, there was only a remnant, a small amount of people that stood up against the Fuhrer. Only a few, and every one of those got killed and imprisoned and sent to prison encampments. So they got sent to concentration camps. But I want to hear you this here. The Pope gets out and denounces Nazi treachery, treachery 1937. Okay? He accused Hitler a, of a war of extermination against the church. Ah, the Pope gets out and Pope calls does. him out. He says, hey, you, we found out that you're trying to exterminate the church. You fooled us. But now we know. So the Pope tried to come out against him. Guess what? And look at this. The what battle happened? had been joined on some fronts. Now, Nazi street mobs after this, often in the company of Gestapo, routinely stormed the office of the Protestant and Catholic churches where clergymen were seen as lax in their support of the regime. So now you have attacks coming. But you have other different pastors. Here's a pastor, Martin Niemöller, I think. He spoke openly now against the state control. Next thing you know, he's arrested by the Gestapo and sent to concentration camp. Well, that sounds a lot like Steve and Yana de Benu. Uh, <laughs> so here's the always last, getting shut down. <laughs> here's the main thing I want to leave you guys with. Here's okay. how it applies with today. If you want to know what they might have planned based upon what they did then, here it is. The from the very beginning, this is what the OSS, the CIA study released. In the beginning, 
They did not want the church. They wanted to deceive them and lie them and lure them close. Man, exactly what's happening now. Yes, because they didn't want the church to become martyrs. They decided from the beginning, we shall not give the church that satisfaction to become martyrs. Ah. She called her a she. Oh, come on. Oh, she shall. Mm -hmm. This is what he, they decided from the beginning. She shall not have martyrs, but criminals. So wow. what is their plan? It looks like what they did then is to lure them close money and all the allegiance, give them some attention and put them close to the Fuhrer, all that power. And then check it out. Get them to the point where they're so close that they're no longer going to be a martyr or persecuted for their faith. Now the laws will change and you will have to decide, break the law. Okay. Or try, you know, and trust God or give in to compromise and do what the government tells and you to do. To stay. Yeah. <laughs> they said, because then they started arresting people. They started killing people and sending them off to prison. Basically Noahide type stuff because they were criminals. They were enemies of the state. And it was because it was an emergency type situation. Because they were at war, they justified the detrimental I measures. Ran. All the measures I in place. Ran. Hang on. Wow. Last thing I'll say is right now we have that COVID. would justify the Noahide laws. We have wow. We have you might want to uh, Iran somewhere too when the time comes. Yeah. All I'm gonna say is this. Emergency with COVID-19, you have health emergency. Yeah. All they need is a war emergency and chaos. And then it's easy. The church is already there. They are all sucked in so close. Next thing you know, the last thing they would do was go against their dear Trump. Because if Trump gets back in office, they will have every justification and swollen egos and pride. I'm telling you, because awakening. God spoke to them. Trump got back in. Now Trump tells take the vaccine, tells them to do this, tells them to do this. They will do it all because God is telling them. And that's what they thought about the Fuhrer, about Hitler. They all got sucked in. And then when everything changes, when it's war, when it's the COVID's bad and chaos, when no high laws or whatever, you're a criminal now. And they will not, they're not going to kill you because you're a Christian. They're going to kill you because you're a criminal. If and I, that's why the church will actually join them and say, you're a criminal. You're not really a Christian. That's exactly good right. Good job. That was good. If I that is good. Add a couple of Go things. Ahead. Okay. As far as tying, the, the, this goes, what you've just said about, you know, turning you into a criminal, that sort of thing. Um, I think it was back in September. I did an uh, interview on this where I had gotten the declassified uh, U.S. Army field guides that are being used to set up internment camps um, <coughs> under FEMA that will be used to house what the government is going to deem. Are you uh, someone who's refusing the vaccine? Are you um, a detainee? Are you, and there are several different labels that will be used against us and treat us as criminals because we're not bowing to the system. We're not bowing to the state and we have you know, stood up. So that's already in the works. That's already being planned. And the mm -hmm. FEMA camps can be either old military bases or any place the government, and I mean the federal government, chooses to squat. Right. Like a school. So Yeah, like a school. So we're going to get close to closing out here. A couple of things. Mr. 
Steve. I know you know a lot about what we were just mentioning here and all the tactics. Listen, intelligence agencies, misinformation, psyops is nothing new under the sun. It's been happening since the beginning of time. Now, Steve, people in the comments are wondering, are you tired? <laughs> My body hurts like crazy. Huh? My body hurts like crazy. What are you guys talking about? I'm an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, to finish it off, Steve, final thoughts real quick, okay? From We can probably go around, but here we are. We are faced with some big decisions. Yes, we have a vaccine Steve. that looks way too close to the mark of the beast because we know right now you can't even go in places without a mask right now. You can't go to, you can't, some people, a lot of people can't work. And a lot of people can't go in places of, you know, get grocery, you can't get a Walmart, Kroger, whatever. You can't even do a lot of things without a mask on. How much more a vaccine that will be able to be tracked digitally on your skin, on your hand? It could even be on your forehead. Who knows? Because facial recognition, they scan your face. You can even have it here. They scan your hands. Well, think about it. Maybe this is part of the reason why they had the... Um mask on to begin with i've heard this before that it was to use the technology the the camera technology to be, get to where they can actually uh res facial recognition only of the eyes and forehead that's right it gives all the time out. whether or not it's linked to anything on that i don't know but no Steve. No, no 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 i can tell you right now as an apple guy using a macbook and devices I read every one of their updates because that's the B system. It's one of those big tentacles out there. Right. Now look, I can tell you for a certain that there was an update on the Max. Now, the, my, my laptop, I'm telling on myself here, scans my fingerprint. My phone scans my face. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, or a lot of apps, yeah. All right. Now, no. a lot of apps do that. But I can tell you that one of the updates, and this is, has been several times on top, I'm telling you the foundation <laughs> was when COVID came out, they absolutely clearly stated without a doubt, it was all right there. And I can go back and give it to you. said, our, um, this is an update so that our computer can learn to facial recognize each person now with masks. So when I hold my phone up and facial recognize, it was learning to recognize my face with the mask on. I mean, that is absolutely what I read. And I, I even took screenshots of it. I have a friend. This is why Apple has the bite out of the apple. Like you said, the beast system. Right. That serpent give Eve the apple, right? Tell yeah. me they're not trying to tell you something. I'm telling you. I just was going to bring in that I have a, a good friend and I've met recently um, through social media who was in the army, but also was in the early stages of a lot of the game technology that we're seeing or the artificial intelligence and the, the evidence that he's bringing forth, especially due to the COVID tracking and all this is absolutely chilling. And he will tell you that uh, as Far back, I think it's probably 25 years ago, uh, the computers were already starting to learn. And so all these kids who have been using some of these gaming systems, they've been for years using uh, facial recognition through home computer units. And one of the things that I've been able to find out through the education part of all the technology that comes home with the children, like the 
the uh, laptops that are provided by the schools, they're doing the same thing. They're tracking not only the student who uses the computer, but the entire family. Wow. Well, any final thoughts, Mr. Steve? Final thoughts. Make sure you buy some food because you may not be going shopping very much longer. That's right. And toilet paper. What about toilet paper, Steve? <laughs> uh, that's important as well, you know. Uh, there is a shortage. There, there is one. And, uh, uh, and I kind of had some insight from somebody, I won't say who, before that happened. And interestingly enough, exactly what we see now the shelves are going empty again on all the paper products paper towels toilet paper now you steve know. how many how many states are shut down right now last i heard was 22 that's what i'd heard as well as 22 i'm not for sure mostly your democratic states do i know do you think they're fixing to do a hard lockdown there's definitely going to be another lockdown coming, and it is going to be a much more difficult lockdown. And this is going to be, I think, when they're going to really want to roll this out. I have a feeling that it's going to have a lot to do with when they when they find out Trump is staying in office. That would because make sense. Everything will go chaotic. Yeah. It'll give them more of a reason to lock down, and uh, and they may do it under martial law. And once martial law kicks in, that's when you'll really have problems. I you know, think, look at it this way. Prepare for a massive hurricane. Uh, stock up on food and things because this is not going to be an easy ride. You know, we've been seeing the reports, the reports of National Guard being mobilized in a lot of these states, you know, because last time it gives everybody the credence or, you know, the justification because, hey, you got, you know, riots, whatever, <laughs> in downtown. But now it would make perfect governing sense to have all the national guard have the, everything on shutdown have things in place logistically because everybody got to practice their logistics on the first round so this time everybody if they were get everything yeah there you go everybody's planned you know because when when things go chaotic if i was a governor i would want to have things already in place Governors cannot make law. The president cannot make law. It is your 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 state level congresses, your federal congresses that are supposed to make the law. But under an emergency, they uh, get I away with being illegal I, and I doing do. it. I, I understand, but here we are. Okay, but look at all the times we've been in non-emergencies and all the unconstitutional garbage that's going on. Yeah. Um, one last thought, Oh, well, uh, first of all, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, yes, yes there's you. been lots and lots of information. There will continue to be more information throughout this week. I uh, wanted to thank uh, being able to meet with Steve over the internet and uh, certainly prayers for your family. And I wanted to thank you and Brock for having hosting me for these uh, past couple of days for doing all that we've done to help educate the people and uh, you know if you want to get in touch with me commoncordiva.com is my website Go ahead, thank Mama. You. I do want to thank you Steve for spending time with <clears throat> with us tonight and I know that a lot of the people that's watching Steve they don't understand what's happening in your personal life like me and Brock do we just left your house and 
you know, we got to see all the wonderful things that God is doing in your life. So we know you're very tired working as a good husband and a good father, you know, getting everything set up for your new home. So uh, to all of you that are worried about him, y'all just love him because he's like Papa over there. <laughs> Big Papa. But to you, Miss Lynn, Big I just want to say you're a very beautiful young oh, lady. Thank Thank you. So and we much. appreciate all that you have done to educate. I've seen you on the many different broadcasts where you're educating about homeschool and about our children and about the Noahide laws and what's happening in the government. And I actually saw one comment from a lady that told you thank you. Oh. For well, what you do for families oh, to well, help families. Absolutely. It's my honor. And it's actually a mission that God put me on. So, so thank oh. you. And then for Brock, I just want to say, yay! <laughs> My son, you do a phenomenal job at hosting. And I just want to thank you so much for all the research yeah. you're doing, uh, you know, about Hitler. And y'all know that his wife, Miss Laura, is watching. Say hi to Miss Laura. Hey, Laura! And Catalina. And Catalina. And Daniel. And Daniel. We're going to have to get you on to discuss this issue uh, with us on uh, uh, with Hitler to go back to the history of that. I'd like to have you on sometime for uh, on Israeli cool. News Live to speak oh, about that. It's very about important you. information. There, it is very. It's great. Well, I got more, and so, so I saved it for that talk. So. <laughs> All right, then. And so I just want to say in my closing statement that. Uh, the church right now, you know, this ministry, we are the Bride Ministries. Uh, we've been focusing for the past seven years on the purity of the church, really. This is why it's called We Are the Bride. You know, the Lord says for the bride to keep her lamps full. So for the bride, we have to guard the gates. You know, we have to protect the church, protect her. So a lot of the way that we do the news is looking at how all of this is affecting her. So when we saw in the very beginning of COVID and we saw the word together, so one of my friends on Facebook who may be watching now, thank you very much, brought it to my attention of the two get hurt. And that has yeah. stuck with us ever since because that is absolutely what's happening. All of this is to go to war with God and his saints. So with this ministry, uh, we're just bringing it to your attention how to prepare, how to talk to your families, and how to keep your heart pure and ready so that when your role is called up yonder, you'll be there. That's right. You know, so that you will be, it's for all of us to be able to finish our race. Because remember, Steve, our story is for God's glory. That and well, I know, and we well, we do Treehouse Publishers, so this is our slogan. You know, yeah. our story is for God's glory, and so we all just want to finish this race with excellence. We want to stand before our King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and we just want to say, God, you know, uh, we pray that we live the rest of our days, you know, with boldness just like David did, you know, when he fought the giants and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, you know, all of our saints of old, we are those today. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be educated so we can make wise decisions. So I'm very happy for all of you being on here tonight. Thank you. Amen.
And we do miss Yana very much. Guys, the author and the finisher of our faith is Jesus. Okay. Everything we start off in this talk and end this talk all goes through the filter of everything Jesus is and who he stands for, everything he stands for and everything. Okay, guys, Jesus on the Noahide laws, he looked at the Pharisees, the ones, the rabbis who were perpetuating the Talmud, the Talmud and all these traditions. He told them in their face, he called them hypocrites. And he told them that you have made the word of God void because of all of your traditions that you teach as the word of God or the law, the commandments of men, guys. And I just want you guys to know that Jesus came and spoke to the same things we're talking about now in some of the same instances with the Pharisees and the rabbis and things like that. He spoke to them, okay? And he is our example. Now, Jesus I mean, I'm not going to get in too far of this, but I want you guys to stay tuned all week. The message you should get from the Noah Hyde Weeks is number one, they're dangerous. You need to be aware of it, but ultimately you need to know Jesus and you need to know the law of loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, loving your neighbor. It's the royal law of love. And that one completely covers all of these other things. Nothing stands up to the person of Jesus and his spirit living in a human, that's called a new creation, okay? So we finished this talk with, you know, this week we hope that you get the message that Jesus loves you and that you can turn away from yourself and turn away from sin and live for him. Jesus loves you. And he will empower you to do that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) so anyways, that's all I want to say. Treehouse Publishers presents... Author and White House correspondent Dr. June Knight has published 10 books. As she traveled the country in obedience to God-serving ministries, her books are about the Bride of Christ, preparing the church for the end of days, persecution, purity, and spiritual warfare. She even wrote a book revealing the pain and struggles of her own life called Testimony of a Broken Bride Jesus is the True Husband. Her books hope to help families make right decisions in the coming days about the mark of the beast and to choose Jesus over the beast system. Dr. June released four books this year about current day situations such as judgment, technology, tribulation days and more. These four books released in April of 2020 after she left the White House and exposes what she knows about President Trump and the Antichrist agenda. These books reveal apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment and it's for the harvest. Dr. June reveals the great divide in the church in this hour due to the great deception. She explains what is the ecumenical movement, new apostolic reformation, and false religions, exposes the one world religion agenda, Dr. June exposes the new world order and satanic agenda, This book exposes the lie of the new apostolic reformation evangelicals who have surrounded the president and is partnering with the beast system. This book chronicles 40 days of repentance and casting down 40 idols in our nation and church. This book reveals the biblical pattern of judgment and the current judgment. What is the pattern of God's judgment? Why does he judge? What is my role in this? This book 
discusses now that we know apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment where do we go from here? How do we prepare? What do we look for? What about technology? The human implantation chip, etc. So purchase the American quad books today before they shut them down. Be alert. Be informed. Be equipped for the war ahead. Or go to www.gotreehouse.org and purchase all 10 of Dr. Dewey's books today on sale. If you are interested in writing a book please go to treehousepublishers.com. Thank you.